Welcome back, Martin Giant fans. This is episode number 78, which is our 2021 Halloween special. Normally, every Halloween, we are supposed to do a Halloween special where each one of our hosts decides on some specific Halloween movie that we're supposed to do. We don't do them every year, but we did it this year, so celebrate it with us. My pick was Bad Milo from 2013, directed by Jacob Vaughn. Arguably the worst pick of all three of us. But I wanted something funny, and I defend it to the end. It is a great pick. You should watch this movie, even though I just told you it's the worst pick of all three. Really funny. Really funny. That's what matters. Also, the horror is funny, and that's also a really good thing. The second pick is Eric's pick, Ghost Story from 1981, directed by John Irvin. Excellent pick. Excellent pick. Something that I've actually wanted to talk about for a while. We will get into it into the podcast and why that's important. But I really appreciate Eric bringing this. And then the third pick is something that really surprised all of us uh, and was a fantastic film. This was Dan's pick, Ravenous from 1999, directed by Antonia Bird. Ravenous. You like cannibalism? This is a film for you. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Sorry, a little bit of a spoiler out there, but worth it. Watch all three. Bad Milo, Ghost Story, and Ravenous. Very excited about this combination. Um, Anyway, a couple of reminders before we get into this. One is go to martinigiant.com and check out our store. Yes, we uh, would love you to be able to buy a mug from us, do whatever it is with us. It helps support our channel. And uh, honestly, Eric has done some incredible jobs out there. At least check it out. If there's something you actually want that's not available from the store, let us know. We're working through Threadless. We can pretty much make anything you want. So do it. Uh, We would love to be able to hear what's going on. So check it out. Uh, Next thing I want to remind you is Twitch. As you guys know, sometimes we are often, we all of our podcasts are actually recorded on Twitch. And if you go on Twitch, uh, and you support us on Twitch, that also supports us as well. But it also is a lot of fun if you can participate in a live podcast while we're actually recording them. You're probably hearing this uh, or, uh, pre-recorded, so you're not going to be able to participate. But if you do, it's a lot of fun. So go to twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant to subscribe to us and let you guys know when these happen. For our actual podcast, we are actually going to do a podcast, just to uh, let you guys know, on October 30th, and that's going to be at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time in the United States, which is GMT minus 8, I believe, Um, and we are going to do a big one, big, big, big one, Dune from 2021 versus Dune from 1984. Oh, yeah. You know it's going to be a big, uh, big deal, so check it out. That is going to be this October 30th, on a Saturday, October 30th at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We would love to hear what you guys think when uh, Dan and Eric and I really get into the intricacies of Dune. It's something that has been brewing to the surface for a long time. But for now, please enjoy episode number 78, our 2021 special, Bad Milo, Ghost Story, and Ravenous. Eric is, yes. Eric is trying to work at the same time as doing a podcast. I don't know if this <laughs> is actually... 
<laughs> yes, true. you can it's do possible. it. You can do it. All right. First of all, we should note a couple of things to our listeners. For some reason, okay, so yesterday, I'll give you a little rundown what happened. Yesterday, there was an article that came out that said, if you have a Twitch account, reset your password now. There was a breach. I said, okay. So I reset the passwords. And then when I logged in, it said, your password is wrong. <laughs> so I was like, what the hell? So then I had to reset it again. And then I was like going through it and going through it and it still wouldn't let me in no matter what I did. And then I ended up doing resetting the password like four times and now it says you've reset your password too many times. <laughs> oh my God. Duh. And the reason and, and and the reason I had to log into the Twitch is because when you reset your password, your Twitch stream you know, like ID number gets changed. So I had to right. do that to broadcast it on OBS and then the whole thing got effed up. So I'm apologizing to our Twitch guys, but we are still under Daniel's uh, wise words. He goes, can't we just record a podcast? I was like, oh, yes, we can. (laughs) The old-fashioned way. (laughs) It's true that we, uh, for everyone uh, listening to this now, we we desperately miss you. We love having chat in on the... uh on the line that is one of our favorite things yes. uh but we're, but we're forging ahead and we'll try to deliver the goods regardless and for, i uh, will for you fellas i will say i was racing to the finish line to finish watching the last movie ravenous yes <laughs> about so was i 10 minutes before <laughs> this actually started Perfect. and i was like of all the ones to like rush through <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, true. Yeah, yeah that's true that's true <clears throat> well happy halloween to everybody happy halloween happy yes. happy halloween this is our halloween picks this is our third annual halloween picks uh, extravaganza i'm very excited I am. Yeah, the first one we did was pretty good. That was audition. Uh, uh, what was the pin? Pin and yep. don't look now. Right. Don't look now. Yeah. And we, was, it, was, it, was this our? I guess maybe it's our second. Maybe it's did, our I second thought, one. Yeah, maybe it's our second. But uh, but yeah, no. This is uh, this is uh, one of, one thing I was looking. I always love Halloween. And I look forward to Halloween. But I, now I doubly look forward to Halloween because I get to watch your guys' super weird ass movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, my, Bad Milo, which was my pick, was definitely the dumbest of all of them. Oh, it's beautifully dumb. <laughs> <laughs> really? You like that film? Oh, God, it's hysterical. That I was laughing at. I was laughing at that movie. <laughs> it was the dumbest movie, but I That's had to a... do it. I had to torture Eric with hey, it. Man, was that like before a... uh, Office Space or after? This, uh, this... It was after. <laughs> like, this is... Uh... <laughs> I, I, I was taking it kind of as punishment for recommending communion. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I still had a good time. <laughs> uh, that, I, this didn't have the extended version <laughs> that I the saw. The extended version? Oh, my. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So, uh, Camille Nanjami, the, the basically the, um, the, the, the mother's boyfriend. Who's hysterical. In this movie. Who's hilarious. Yes. Does a lot more awkward things in the extended version. Oh man, he's That's one of my favorite. He's one of the high points of this picture. Yeah, the, he the basically he he basically spends a lot of time talking about how he needs to bond with his new stepdad and how like like take him to a ball game and like like that kind of stuff because he didn't have a proper father figure in his life. But the guy's younger than him. That's the best part. So funny. Sorry, I don't know. And about the uh, also a lot about the crazy sex life between those two his him his mother and and that guy yeah it was great (laughs) that was very good part of the 
the really stupid movie that you didn't like, Eric? Yeah, that was the only funny part is those actors. <laughs> you didn't like the, the what's the Swedish guy, the, the no. psychiatrist? No. It, it's, <laughs> it was, I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't totally, that's fine. It doesn't mean it's a bad movie. But, Just means um, I'm a bad person. No, but um, <laughs> curious what you guys also thought about uh, Ghost. We uh, yes, I did see Ghost. We lost Dan. Ah, come on, Dan, come on back, come on back, Daniel. Nope. Hopefully, you'll rejoin. Uh, we are having nothing. It's like I almost want to just flip the table and give up on the whole fucking day today. <laughs> it's been such a hard day. Has it been a hard day for you too, Eric? There? Okay. Yeah, you're back. I'm, I, I was using Chrome. This is not a, uh, not a wrong browser problem. No. <clears throat> Strange. Did you just get kicked out? I just got booted. All right. Why'd you get booted? Don't know. Don't know. I, 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 I've made I've crossed the line somewhere. Don't know mm. what it was. Yes. What did you think? All right. So all right. We, all right. We, are, we, all, we should we should talk. We should say that we that we are the thing was we each picked a horror movie that we wanted right. uh, the others to endure uh, slash love, and uh, and uh, the three picks this uh, this go round are uh, Eric's Ghost Story um, from nineteen eighty one from 1981 with mm -hmm. uh, a uh, very famous uh, cast of older actors, actors from the thirties and forties. Fred Astaire, uh, Fred Astaire, John Hausman. Mm -hmm. um, uh, oh, uh, I don't have the list with me, but uh, 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 you're uh, like very recognizable older actors. Right. Um, John Hausman. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, then we had bad, bad Milo from Chris, yep. uh, which is, uh, choice. Uh, which is an extremely dumb, nasty movie. Which I very much appreciate, just on the face of it, uh, like dumb and nasty is our our of uh, our of my middle names. We need. And I needed a comedy. It's <laughs> yeah, and uh, and then I selected Ravenous, which uh, I'm looking forward to their opinions on, and I've seen many times. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, we hope that you guys out there have seen none of these movies. Like we try to, we do try to pick things that are like, because I mean, there's so many when it comes to Halloween movies. Like there's there's the list that everyone has. Right. Yeah, you know, it's all the regular stuff. You can watch the thing, you watch the thing, etc. Yeah. Like everyone knows these movies are amazing. It's all fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh but you know, it's like just today I saw like at least six video breakdowns of The Shining. Uh because it's Halloween. I'm just like, what else is there to say about The Shining? <laughs> like what's left? <laughs> they made a oh, goddamn they movie made about a it. Stupid <laughs> fucking documentary about it and it's <laughs> still stupid. Yeah, it's amazing to me. Yeah. It's amazing to me. Uh, no, I love The Shining. I will talk about it if given the chance. But uh, but it's it's shocking to me that, that people still get mileage out of that thing. When I, oh yes. yeah, dude. You still talking about The Shining? We're still talking about Hillary's emails. <laughs> See exactly. That's what it is. I blame it all on The Shining, really. <laughs> Pizzagate yep. and The Shining. Pizzagate. <laughs> I never That's understood it. that. I, I don't I, think I, it's I possible to understand that. It I, I couldn't wrap my head brain. around the logic behind that. That's a. Uh, it's, that's a real Halloween tale right there. I like. I can't even like the. People... I don't actually know all the details, but just from what I've heard, it's like I just can't fathom. 
any of that. So I just did you guys walk. did you guys see uh, it was the best thing I ever saw today. It was so fucking hilarious. And I know it's a little political, but there was a, there's, there's these women. There was a group of women on Hollywood Boulevard who were picketing and protesting. They were anti-vaxxers talking about how vaccines are evil, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And, they, and one of them said, look at all these homeless people here. Are they dying from COVID on the streets? I don't think so. And one homeless guy was pushing a shopping cart next to her as he's as as she's yelling this. She goes, and he looks at her. and Goes, that's because I'm vaccinated. You dumb fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's genius. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. In school, and on I was streets. Like, yes. <laughs> and so people, it got it went on it went on Twitter, and people went absolutely crazy, and they're like. People were like cruising all over Hollywood Boulevard to find the guy. Oh, that's brilliant! And oh they wanted God. to get it. Like they wanted, they like giving him money and like starting a GoFundMe page for him. Like trying oh, to that, do stuff. That would be the greatest thing in the world if, if some dude were <laughs> were able to get out of homelessness because he told a really good joke. <laughs> that would be amazing. That's that is right. the way the world should work. I totally yes. endorse this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> He's he had a like, snappy comeback, so now things are looking up. Because I'm the way vaccinated, be. you dumb fuck. <laughs> God bless. Yeah, bless. yeah, yeah. That's that that that, that picked up my day. That, that was nice. Yeah, I like that. I like that. that that was probably. I mean, there was a lot of exciting things that happened in my day, but that was uh, that was uh, definitely a highlight in a lot. What of else ways. happened in your day, Chris? Yeah, how is everyone doing right now? It's like when we when we start we can recording. get into movies. We're definitely going to get into the movies, but we've got yeah. three hours to cover, and Bad Metal is going to take about five minutes. So <laughs> <laughs> that long? <laughs> oh golly! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're like, we're like, this is the kind of day it's been. Bad Metal should, should have been a watch party. I really think about it. It should have been a Bad Metal would make an excellent. Yeah. But it's not available. Oh, did we lose Dan again? God damn it. No. Really? Oh. That's going so well. It was going so well. What do you what you do, Chris? Why don't you what? want him? I don't know. Is there a quarter that he's missing? I don't know. He'll be back. Uh hopefully he'll return. There we go. You just gotta keep returning. There we go. All right, I'll I'll try to uh, I'll try to be aware as when I'm kicked out. It doesn't give me any indication except, like I'll tell a really good joke and no one reacts. But that's also, you know, sort of a judgment call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, no. But like I was saying, I was saying that I think Bad Milo would make an excellent uh, watch party, uh, except that it would it, Eric would have to watch it again. I'm sure that they, that's not on the list. Oh my god! <laughs> I, 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 I don't. There's there's a certain amount of dumb movie that I kind of enjoy, especially anything involving anxiety. Oh right, sure. Like, like somehow I, I find it, ex right. anxiety to be something funny. Like you know what I mean? It's, it's a little Woody Allen ness to anxiety. Mm -hmm. Agreed. That you can, if you can make fun of anxiety, somehow it's not as well, it's the uh, greatest it's relief to anxiety is to is to be able to laugh at it. To like laugh at it, yeah, right? I totally agree with that. And uh, and uh, certainly that movie is uh, that is not like the the entire central joke is anxiety. Uh, 
anxiety. Like that's pretty much the entire thing. Right. And uh, hey, listen, it's very simple. Here's the, here's the, here's the story of Bad Mile. Let's do it, it. It is a guy. Uh, I forgot the guy's name. He's very funny, but he's a very funny comedian. But basically, he has a lot of stress in his life, as do all of us. And it's all like, you know, normal things that come up in life, et cetera, et cetera. As such, he has a bad gastrointestinal reaction towards stress. And whenever he gets really stressed, he locks himself in the bathroom and has a really horrible, shitty experience, as, you, as we all know. Right. At one point, his stress gets so bad that he has locked himself in the bathroom and his wife's like, you okay? He's like, I'm going to be a while, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then uh, what happens is a demon <laughs> called Milo comes out of his asshole and attacks and kills the things that have been stressing him in his life. Right. So this is uh, like along the same lines as say like, uh, uh, well, what's, what's the, what's the movie? Uh, with, there's, there's one yeah, there's where a, it's that there's, a, there's a there's a couple that Mark are like Wahlberg, this. the Ted. Ted, <laughs> it's Ted. Right. Uh, it is Basket Case from the eighties. Uh, yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, there's a couple of uh, uh, you know, and, and and to an extent, it's uh, it's something like uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Like it's the like it is an aspect of you that is going out and having revenge uh, right. that you can't control. That you, you wish know? you could do, but you can't. Right. But it's doing it for you. It's, it's doing it for you. It's acting right. out for you. It's acting out for you. Right. And, and then, uh, and, but there, there is a quite a cast of characters. Like the casting in this is some pretty A-list comedians in here. Oh, yeah. Like this is obviously made by a bunch of buddies. Like all these guys. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, is, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. That's, that's definitely the, the deal. And like I think that, because uh, what's his name? Is it Marino? Is that the guy's name? Ken, yeah, uh, Ken, yeah. Marino. Ken yeah. Marino? Yeah. Because he's from like the state, which is one of the uh, yes. of, uh, a big comedy uh, I love uh, the state. Group. The state was incredible. And uh, did you watch the state, Eric? Ever when it was out? No. On on uh, MTV. Actually, no. believe it or not. Yeah, very, very, very. Very. It's one of the funniest sketch comedy shows I remember. Like it was back in the nine eighties. Yeah, 90s. I think so. Nineties. Yeah. I've seen it then. What was it? Was it the? Keep going. I'll look. Oh, there, yeah, he was in it, and who else was in it? She. Uh, That's uh, why. A lot of the people from uh, uh, Reno Nine, uh, Reno Nine One One, or whatever. Because yeah. they, I was they're, watching they're all in like, the state. That's not what's his name. It's somebody else. He, he mm -hmm. looked like um, the guy who plays Officer Dangle. What's his name? He's so funny. Oh god. Yeah. This uh, this had uh, let's see. Uh, Michael Showalter, uh, 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 David Wayne, Ken Marino, Kevin Allison, uh, Joe Truglio, uh, Ben. Uh, uh, Garrett, Michael, oh. yeah, Thomas Lennon. So, like, you'd recognize virtually Thomas all Lennon, these people. Yeah. yeah, like, all these people were very, uh, you know, sort of, uh, like, they're not all, like, they're not big, big stars, but you would definitely see their face and go, like, oh, yeah, yes, yeah. of course, you know. And then what's his name from The Office? Uh, 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 I'm name blanking. Chris I met him. No, no, the guy who plays his dad. Oh, oh yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, He's he's uh, it's not the the office it's office space and office it's the guy, space it's, office it's, space uh, guy yeah, yeah and guy. the yeah. red stapler guy uh, and that guy's name he is literally fucking everything yes uh, red stapler I can never remember his name I I actually met him in person uh, Stephen Root Stephen Root so Stephen yeah. uh, I met him in person because he's very close friends with uh, Wayne Knight believe it or not they're like wow. really close. 
So uh, that's that's how I met him and you know, hanging out with with uh, him at a birthday party. And it was yeah, he's a very funny guy, very funny guy. Uh, Stephen Root. Okay, so anyway, so it goes out and kills people, but uh, the the reasons he get you know all the people that are that are out there that have wronged him are his boss is a horrible person who tries to throw him under the bus, uh, throw the whole company under the bus, especially him, because of uh, you know taking the company under. Uh, his mother is uh, sleeping with a new with her new boyfriend, who's played by uh, Kamel Nanjami, who is very, 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 very funny, who is younger than him. So, and this guy keeps talking about him needing to be a father figure for him, which is very funny, um, and uh, and also talks about a lot of the. He talks very openly about all the sexual exploits that he has with his mother. With the mother, is, which is very that was the oh, we lost Dan again. Oh, but he'll be back. Uh, and then uh, additionally, he uh, he has uh, his wife <laughs> says she's pregnant. <laughs> which has adds stress to his life as well. So uh, that was, uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of stress uh, in his life. And you're back. Dan. Back, back. You're back. There we go. So yeah, we're talking about all the different things that affected his, uh, his life and stress. So he goes to see a psychiatrist who is played by, what's that Swedish guy's name? He's been like the Peter guy. Peter Stormare. Yeah, the guy who puts the, the bodies in the wood chipper in Fargo. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. He, he plays the devil in um, the Keanu Reeves. Uh, in, in Constantine. Uh, Constantine, yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, he's been around the block, that guy. Yeah, and, he also played in in, uh, in Seinfeld. He played the uh, 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 squeaky peak, the tricky uh, the electrician that uh, yes. unplugs the fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That one's yeah. a pretty good role. He's been yeah, in he's, a lot of shit. Oh, he's been he's in uh, Big Lebowski. He's the uh, he's Big Lebowski. He's the, right, he's, he's the nihilist. Nihilist. Big Lebowski. Oh, right. <laughs> Must be exhausting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, amazing. yeah, he plays so many, and he's very funny, and he's also a yeah. really good writer. Apparently, he like he writes a lot of. Oh, like, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's great. We we love Peter Stormare. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and like so, this it's got kind of a packed cast. The mom is Mary Kay Place, mm -hmm. you know, and like uh, like you know, it's got it's got everybody in this thing. Uh, yeah. And uh, but there's it's a kind of cast that's so eclectically put together, uh, and some of them are way too expensive. Like the guy who plays Putty, what's his name? He's also another. Right, uh, he's the boss. Yeah, he's the boss. Like, yep. there's no way that this movie, which can barely afford to shoot in his own house, can afford those <laughs> actors. Like, they, like this They're is definitely this yeah. is all calling yeah, in it's favors. All, like, it, this, yeah, absolutely. That's what it's like. Yeah. This, this, is, this is like someone has a camera. Let's go shoot this thing. The the bad Milo himself is a uh, is puppet. a bar barely functional puppet. Uh, the CGI's they did CGI's they did CGI's to make him blink. That's true. Yes. that's true. And uh, some some wet mesh warp distortions for the face, right? Uh, for various uh, emotions. And it's not. I mean, it's funny. It's it's not bad. But it's like then that's where most of the budget went to uh, to that idea. effect. Yeah, for for right. sure. Everything else is just shot like wherever you know at at you know at someone's uh, right uh, agent's place. <laughs> like that's just about it. That is uh, what it felt like. Yeah. Short film on a budget. It is. A, it's it's a bit. Uh, it's a it's a bit thin in the production uh, production value department. Listen and listen. I told you the premise of the story, and that's about pretty much all of it. 
<laughs> yeah, that's you get the gag, right? And, like, there, think, is, like, there is some funny performances in it. There's some funny, yeah. The character development is hilarious. I don't know. Him bonding with his ass demon is in the motel room. That's, that's my favorite part of the movie. Right <laughs> that's when they started to explore stuff that was really interesting. I was just like, I mean, if I were to be like, I, if I were to be watching critic, TV and he's completely like, right. and like, yeah. Like, I think it's like, it's sort of useless to be critical of this movie because it is what it is. Like, I mean, it's exactly what it is. Uh, yes. Like, if, if I were to, if I were to lay into it, if I were to join Eric's side for a second, I would say there's a even better, even nastier, even funnier movie to be made here. Uh, but that's not what this is. This is like a bunch of buddies getting together and filming a thing on the weekend. And I'm right. totally all for that. Like, this I was is, this is, this, and you know what? We did the same fucking thing for V-Ray IRL. Exactly. Dude. No, it's just <laughs> This fun. is a V-Ray IRL with an ass demon. Exactly. Which is what As we should do to for V-Ray IRL too. Right. An ass demon. <laughs> Obviously. Exactly. That makes perfect sense. I do want to make a note about this. Okay. So uh, this is very interesting that you said this. So, I the way that I found out about us <laughs> winning the Emmy, or the way that the company found out in general, is uh, there's a really great guy, a really nice guy. His name is uh, uh, Craig Weiss. He is the uh, executive creative director of visual effects and virtual production at CBS. Nice. And I, I, I just recorded a podcast with him. He sent me an email saying, hey, Chris, I have something I want to tell you. I need to call you. <laughs> oh, Give me man. your phone number. And I'm like, Okay. Dramatic. And, and so he called me. He goes, "Hey, I'm I'm a member of the uh, the uh, the technical Emmys, and uh, we looked and we you know awarded V-Ray with a technical engineering award from the Emmys." And I was like, "That's amazing! It's so great, et cetera, et cetera." <clears throat> and so then he said, "Oh, here are all the things you have to do to come to the Emmys, and you need to create a a small sizzle reel for it, right?" And I was like, "Okay." And he goes. One of the other members you have to of send the me pictures of yourself naked. Okay, that's that's the Emmy process. You're like, I'm sorry, sitting again. <laughs> and one of the one of the Emmys, one of the guys at the Emmys said, "Tell Chris that they need to produce V-Ray IRL two for the yes. Emmys." Yes, yes. <laughs> so that's what we're talking I'm about. Saying that the Emmys, the Emmys, we Academy have been validated. Been validated yeah, our been validated. IRL stuff. Like I, I, I will go out on a limb and I will say that that is a better produced and directed thing than Bad Milo is by a substantial margin. Now that okay. is not that is not an insult to Bad Milo, like because I'm just very proud of you. Oh, uh, of course we lost him right as he talked about that. All right, we're going to see how I'm going to cobble this freaking thing together. It's going to take forever. <laughs> I don't even doing... know if it's going to work. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully it'll work. Hopefully it'll work. All right, so uh, that is uh, where we are on Bad Milo. Is there a time? Roll okay. right ahead. It's just like this. Just keep on going. I don't, so what does it do on your side? Does it just catch you out? Yeah. And then you just... And that's just the it actually, it doesn't even indicate to me. I just see sort of a blank look on your guys' faces, and I assume that I've been canned. <laughs> but uh right. but yes yeah, so i was saying is that like i uh this is not i'm very proud of your irl i think that's a wonderful short film i think we did a great job of that thing um but i also want to set the flavor of what to expect for bad milo <laughs> like, right. it, it really is uh there's direct to dvd looking and then there's walmart bin looking and then there's like you went over to ken marino's house and he's been asking hey, you to watch you need something a coaster? for a while. Do you need a coaster for that drink? <laughs> and you're like, yeah. Oh, we're out of the wood ones. Take this. 
yeah. In fact, check it out if you haven't seen it. Really? Oh, cool. Yeah, just don't get water on the table. It's mahogany. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's about the level we're talking about. But uh, however, if you were in a watch party, listen, mood, listen, it's great. hold it's on. Great. I'm gonna, I, you know, I, I, I tell you, it was the dumbest one I, I I've picked, and I, I'm a stand by it. But, I, but at the same time, I do not want to discourage people from watching this because I think they should, and I think there are certain people that will say. That was hilarious. I can't believe Eric didn't like it. And they're right, because Eric is a little fucking snob. And that's not <laughs> <No>. happening. <laughs> like, and and can't is, take I, I want to go on record. I want to go on record saying that I really enjoyed watching this movie. This is hysterically funny. <laughs> like, like this is in the same it's in the same vibe as like watching. What the fuck uh, was like, that? Like, I'm, like, a snob. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. We, that's all right. We're, we all we're all snobs in our own way on this show. Of course, we're all snobs. <laughs> we have our our very we have a podcast about we're like movies, a, pretentious movies that exactly, no one's ever dude. seen. Like, that's right. Like, all right, like, so I picked the pretentious ones. I don't have a problem with it. It's just it's that. We we are. It's like it's like when you go to a bar and you ask for a flight of uh, whiskeys or a flight of uh-huh. beers. We're a flight of snobs. Like you get a, <laughs> various flavors of snobbery from each yeah. one of us. And I think that uh, that uh, that the 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 anti uh, bad Milo uh, uh, core is represented uh, by yes. uh, by. So Eric. basically, it's like it's like what you basically did is you know everyone else. You know uh, 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 Eric is definitely the more sherry cast type of flight right and you're mm-hmm. right. you're probably more of the the the, the very woodsy peaty whiskey right <laughs> yeah, yeah and, I, and i'm yeah, a shot right. of jack daniels <laughs> yeah exactly this is, I, I was gonna say this is a great way to examine our tastes because like, <laughs> because like eric comes from an art background he has worked with mm-hmm. uh, some of the great film artists of the uh of the mm-hmm. 80s and 90s uh and his uh and his taste in movies is uh eclectic but always founded in like doing something weird, fresh, and new, and very, very much artistic. Right. Now, I in the Venn diagram of me and Eric, I do share some of that space. You yeah. do? But, That's actually, so do I. Yeah, like, I think it's fair to say A that. A large like, part but, of that space. Yeah. I really like, love Eric. Exactly. And by the way, the line between us, Dan, is Titanic. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. This is exactly. This is a great way to figure out how. Like, if people are trying to figure out what our taste zone is, is like I like I like you and I share ground. Uh, uh, you and Chris share ground, and like where where uh, like where I di- where I diverge and where I cross over into Chris's landscape is Chris likes uh, really funny nasty stuff. Right. I also like that. Really? But the, the way that I like the way that I like this stuff is because I'm for like the trash indie filmmaker who goes and shoots something on their phone, like yeah. makes me super excited. And I'm yeah. very flexible with the quality level. Uh, and so like Bad Milo, I thought was exciting. I was like, this is this is only this is only really pretty funny. But I love the idea. That these guys jam this thing out like that's Well, that's isn't really, it really great cool. that a movie like that can get made? Absolutely. Yes. That's, that's what that's. I- that's the root of my experience. Better than yeah, putting some. Sure. <laughs> this is true. This no, is true. because I worked at uh, Beverly Hills Playhouse for like three years or something like. Okay. In, right. the, in the in the two thousands, and mm. every you know people, different classes. Where everyone, I was shot like fifteen, short. I mean, it was just like go out and yeah, shoot. No guys jam, who jam. put exactly do movies that ended up like this, but. It right. helped everybody because it got in front of talent agents. It got in front of casting people. Sure, so, sure. 
And also yeah. to to clarify what I was, what I was saying about Chris, it's like what you what your zone is, I think, is that you really respond, and this is just my me, my opinion, but I think that you really respond uh, to smart people telling dumb jokes. Like I think that's a that's yeah. a big that's a big thing for you. And I I'm I'm also. Oh. Yes, uh, we'll he'll rejoin. I will. I will. I will say that that I do. I do like smart people saying dumb jokes. So you like Monty I, Python? Uh, yes, I do. But more specifically, what I like is really smart people explaining things in really simple ways. And sometimes it's a dumb joke, where. Suddenly, like, oh, that's very easy to understand, but then you understand there's more layers behind it or more interesting yeah. things behind it. And so sometimes that's what I react to. Hey, you're back. Okay. I, I, I caught all of that. I've, I found a way to be efficient about this. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's good. Well, so hopefully, keep, keep I don't know. I mean, I'm just going to side note to, to the three of you. I want to keep recording because obviously this is keep hilarious recording. and this is yep. really good. But I don't know if I can, who knows if I can salvage this. Yeah, maybe, maybe it is what it is. Maybe this is just how it goes out. This is just yeah, the three yeah. of us talking for three hours and uh, having a good time and every, yeah. no one else is going to miss is, out. This is, a, this is a, a slightly more loungy version of the podcast due to technical yeah. issues and a really shitty week. Just a really like, kind a of a shitty, shitty week. week. It's a shitty week. So let's relax. Relax this time. <laughs> like this, every when I turned on the, when I turned on this uh, the, the the podcast here, and I saw your faces, I could see that the week had been treating you guys exactly the same way. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, you know, hey, related to Bad Milo, related <laughs> to Bad Milo. You know, you were talking about how you know anxiety. If you make fun of it, it's not as it makes it better, right? Mm-hmm. I have basically, I'm basically, I've been completely overwhelmed. It's like all the shit's happening at the same time. Actually, some a lot of it is really good stuff. It's just too much coming at me. It's right all now, at once. Right? It's just all at once. Right. And so Karen came in. She goes, "I think I'm completely overwhelmed." And the minute she said that, I've been completely overwhelmed. I felt better. Oh my god! Thank you so much for, for telling me this me the same thing. You know, I was like, yeah, "Oh yeah, sure. I'm completely overwhelmed too." <laughs> right. Exactly, dude. Yeah, just just knowing that someone else uh, is out there feeling how you're feeling does yeah shares the burden a little bit. And, right. Uh, hey, D- Dan, just just to play it safe, you see your little camera button uh, yep. uh, on the bottom there. Turn that off so you don't you're not broadcasting camera because okay, we don't see. need it. Okay. There, there we go. Right. Maybe that will help you from crashing. Yeah, maybe it's kicking me out because it thinks I'm. I mean, maybe it's just not interested in what I'm saying. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. But uh, but yeah, no, like yeah, I think yeah, like that's yeah, I guess you're right. Like that's the attractiveness of Bad Milo is like that movie definitely sympathizes with you pretty heavily. Yeah. Like it gets this, it has this metaphor that is like this really crass metaphor. That's the because it's so crass is actually more accurate than if they had right. not if they had dressed it up. <laughs> you know? yes. like, well, it was kind of like one of the things. So so I'll just tell you this. Like Karen Karen was had a job. She was a consultant when I first met her. This is back in way, 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 way back in the day. Uh, so this is uh, 1998, right? Uh, 97, 98. So she had a job. She was a consultant for this a consulting company. And she got hired uh, to do this big project because she knew Fortran. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. Okay. nice. Fortran yeah. program. Well, she knew Fortran, right? I'll just put it that way. So she was hired to do a job, and uh, it was to uh, take a some bank code 
and uh, assess it, system software test it, because the bank had to adapt for Y2K. Right. Right. right? And it was a horrible, horrible job, and everyone at her job sucked, and her boss was constantly asking for forms to be filled out and bullshit, stuff like that. And then we went out to go see a movie called Office Space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Had no idea what this movie was about, and it turns out it was exactly her job. Yes. Like, yes. identical to her job. That's right. crazy. I didn't know that. And then, and then, so, to her, it was both the worst thing to see this movie and the best thing to see this movie because it completely sympathized with her yeah it understands you <laughs> right he understands you so to her she's like yeah maybe if, what if i just don't show up um yeah. and she did that actually she actually quit her job uh and uh just didn't know what to do with her life and then i said how about you start doing some cg that's awesome that's incredible well the thing is like, like that's i i really love like that—that ha that has happened to me. I've seen a movie that makes such an impact on me that I've—I've made a major decision because of the argument the movie has made to me. Right. That, and it, that, listen, yeah. Office space. Office. I saw—I saw *Chariots of Fire*, and then I just started on beaches, and that's it. That's how you got. Yeah. Oh, now it all comes together. Now I understand. I don't want to say that that *Office Space* was what changed Karen's life because that would be. No. Well, all of everything was in oh. like, well, like I, I hate to, I don't mean to generalize. I'm like it's like all the pressures are there to put the decision in front of you, and then something that comes along that like mirrors how you feel helps clarify that situation so you can make a decision. Like that's right. the use of a movie like that, you know. Uh, and for me, it was the movie Lock with uh, uh, Venom. What's his name? And um, Mad Max, that guy, Troy uh, Tom Hardy. Uh, Troy Venom and uh, and uh, when I saw Locke, like I saw a very key time in my life, and and then he quit. I'm going to finish it for Dan. It was a key time in my life, and yes. besides uh, being basically uh, running the Titanic fan club uh, <laughs> in the Northeast, I was like, you know what? I want to get into visual effects because I love Titanic so much and the love story and the water and um, and the teak wood and the staircase so that's how I did it and that's really how it inspired me right. to get into visual effects and, and, and also uh, 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 nude paintings as well Yes, lots of mm -hmm. nude paintings uh, yeah. Yeah. the only way to do it really Lock. Um, we lost I know, he'll come back he'll, he'll come back are you, so. are you still working while you're doing this Eric? yes awesome you're such a powerhouse of a person. <laughs> there we go. Getting tired. Did you hear? Did you hear Dan tell your backstory? I, uh, did you hear Eric tell your backstory? I did. Dan? It was. It was. It was. It was spot on. <laughs> <laughs> it was exactly true. I vouch for everything that God said. <laughs> yeah. It's about the the Titanic uh, fan club. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the good old days. <laughs> the good old days. I am so tired. I know. Um, so. What are you drinking? Uh, are you drinking some? I'm drinking uh, uh, Yeti Imperial Stout from the Great Divide. Oh yeah, that's right. How is the Yeti? It's good. It's is good. Bad? Do you prefer things in cans over uh, bottles? Not. I don't really. Doesn't really make a difference to me. Doesn't make a difference to you. I probably should put this in a glass, but I'm too tired to now, put it into that. a glass. It's, that's the, that's the kind of week it is. There's nothing wrong mm -hmm. with that. I think that's fine. Mm -hmm. That's totally fine. Yeah. So, anyway, that I, 
I'm not apologizing for Bad Milo, and I definitely think that people should uh, watch it because it's fun. I think it's it's great. I think you should watch if you, it. If you want to, like, all right, I want to watch something really stupid, and Chris recommended this, it's good. I think either fun. think you should watch this uh, with people drunk, yes. or you should watch it alone very, very late at night. I think yes. those, are, those are the two great uh, avenues to watch Bad Milo. Right. Yeah, if you've had a really bad day and you don't really need to think too much. Yeah, this is the one. If you have bad <laughs> this insomnia, is this is this is this yeah. Is very good. Watch this is like it's gonna like oh my god, why am I worried about all this stress in the world? This yeah. is hilarious. Now nah, just fuck it, and then you yeah, just go exactly. to sleep. Exactly, exactly. That's a good way to put it. That's this it. is a good yeah. I know. Th- yeah. I know. This, uh, I, there, there are many movies. Like, I mean, this is how I came to like the trauma films, like Toxic Avenger, Sergeant Kabuki Man, oh, wow. and, and yeah. stuff like that. Like, it's the same kind of jazz where you're just like, this is so like, yeah, it's clunky as hell in terms of like how you know, it's like it's barely uh, the effort is barely visible to turn the camera on in some places, but it's just like there's a there's a flavor to it that fits how fits my mood. And when it when I when I feel that way, it's the only thing I want to watch. Like I don't want to right. watch something. Like, I don't want to watch Godfather two every single night of the week. You know, I want to I want to watch something just like you know that like tries as hard as I feel like trying, which is like sometimes minus three. <laughs> right. And that's a, that's where bad mind. And then bad mind. And once you come at it that way, like you look forward to every grisly nasty thing like you get like everyone is improving all over the place and it's like 20 yeah. percent hilarious it takes <laughs> like uh 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 what's what's his name uh, Kim, the guy playing his uh stepdad is fucking hysterical like yeah. i could watch him and mary, mary like him and mary Kay play so there was an entire movie just about those characters oh my god like that'd be incredible that'd be incredible yeah like, well, he the, keeps bragging. At, there's in the extended scene. I don't. Did you guys? See, I don't know. I remember which else. that was the one, which version you guys saw. But one of the things he's like at the dinner table, and he's talking about how this has sex so much with his with his mother. At, he's <laughs> telling him. He's like, oh, but you know, like my penis is so big, we have to take a rest, right? So like, yeah. Tuesday is just a tip Tuesday, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like at the dinner table telling him about how much he's fucking his mother. It did. Is... And, and by, by Friday, it's full thrust. And, and yeah. it's Friday, <laughs> Saturday, full thrust. Sunday, full, well, no, Sunday is the day of the Lord. So, no, actually, I'm kidding. <laughs> yes, full thrust. <laughs> <laughs> so, there you go. There's a sampling of bad Milo's humor. If you think it's funny, <laughs> go see the Eternals. <laughs> it's going to be yep. amazing. That's it. That's where we're at. Yep, yep, and that's uh, that's pretty funny. Yep, sorry, that's pretty, that's pretty funny stuff. No, I liked uh, I liked him a lot. I liked uh, I always like uh, what's his name he plays Putty. He's always good. He's oh like, yeah, worth it for a while. He was also in uh, what was the thing that was uh, came out? It was on Netflix or whatever. Uh, uh, Lemony Snicket. Oh yeah, no, that's actually I love I love Lemony Snicket. I think he was good in Lemony Snicket yeah, too. He was a narrator, movie. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, he's great. I love the guy who plays the comedian who plays uh, uh, um, uh, his doctor. Uh, is like, like he, you see him now and again. That guy is super funny. He's a great improv guy. Uh, and uh, oh yes, and he gets a couple of good cracks in. I've never seen his yeah. uh, like stand up stand up, but every time I see him in a movie, yeah, he keeps like, talking. He's like, yeah, it's something in your butt. Yeah, yeah, just like a you got, little. You got a thing in your butt. <laughs> what was it? He got a uh, he got a trooper in your pooper. 
and we got to get him out of there. Yeah, so there you go. Like, yeah, I hope this is illustrating for the audience just, exactly just what we're listen, watching. The, col <laughs> the colonoscopy camera going in, and then suddenly there's a bunch of teeth. Yeah, oh my God. Yeah, that's so it, great. Like, that was a, like, and then, and then Eric is Eric is, is acknowledging. No, the what it is is it's it's really a film of YouTube bites. Oh sure, yes, yes. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yep. Yeah. So exactly. when you go straight through, it's like, uh, you know, yeah, I'd rather get cathetered, right. but <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the extended director's cut edition right there. That's the yeah, that's the sequel. See, Nam save. But yeah, like that's the that's true. It's like the uh, like that whole scene, the uh, the colonoscopy scene itself, which ends <laughs> with the camera being pulled in with the doctor, so the doctor's face in the, is in the dude's ass, and this is like this is the comedy. This is the comedy we're there for. <laughs> so like like they're trying like this. Like they sat down. And they're like, hey, let's make a movie this afternoon and make some jokes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and there you go. That's uh, that's about right. But I was yeah. I was very I was I was uh, I wouldn't say I was pleasantly surprised, but I was surprised. I was ple I was pleasantly. Heard it before? I've heard of it before. Yes, Chris. Chris has actually recommended. I've talked it about it many times. times. So that, like, that, yeah. It's a great reference movie forever. Like, uh, like yeah. I can see that coming up fairly often. Yeah. Listen, Dana has Titanic. I have Bad Milo. Bad Milo, man. It's <laughs> now, which one made more money? <laughs> Basically the same film. <laughs> basically. Basically, more or less. I think that maybe Bad Milo could have used a little yeah. bit more Billy Zane. The motel that, scene but. where they're watching TV is the equivalent of him painting her on the couch. That's very true. Yeah. It's very, very true. <laughs> it's the same moment. Yeah, same. Oh, man. God bless. Titanic, by the way, available on Netflix. It's like number three on really? Netflix today. Yeah. Yeah. People, people know. Okay. They've heard of this picture. They 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 watched it on my recommendation, and I don't feel embarrassed. <laughs> what we should note, though, Eric and I have both worked on Stealth, which is now huge on Netflix. So oh, it's gotten big. Yeah, that's I yeah. I love this. Now that's that's no an sense. enjoyable that's an enjoyable bad movie. Like that's not a good movie. We can be honest about that. But yeah, it is no, an that's... enjoyable movie. Like it's it's a dumb, techno thriller, jargon filled, macho. Shit fest, yes. I will continue this this thought that he has. There's a my man, my manager uh, at DD, who's now actually a big guy at uh, at Disney uh, and Marvel. He's uh, uh, has, you remember? Did you remember Evan? Evan Jacobs, Eric? Yeah, when you were at I knew Evan. What's he now? Yeah, he's he's like one of the big uh, heads at Disney. Uh, he's a big guy at Disney right now. Yeah. God yeah. bless him. But anyway, he was when I was working on Stealth, uh, you know, he was my manager on Stealth, or, uh, and he said, uh, so I started seeing some of the stuff that's coming out on Stealth, and there's like this giant green cloud in a ring. And I was like, uh-huh. And he goes, what the fuck is that? <laughs> what is this movie? <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. And the sequence is called the camel hump sequence. <laughs> yeah, baby. There we go. That's how you know you're making a good picture. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Eric and I were both working on the camel hump sequence, remember? That's right. Oh, my it, God. I never saw that coming. I, I, uh, I recommend it in the same way. I, it's, it's the jet equivalent of Bad, bad Milo. <laughs> No, come on! Bad Milo is better than that. Uh, yeah, it's, well, yeah, actually, I would say like the. the it, it reminded it's me of that television show with a car kit. It's yeah, yes. exactly. It's well, actually, what it is is it's an extremely expensive version of Firefox. With yes, 
Like that's yes, it. it's an expensive version of Firefox or Kit, except it's not Kit, it's Car. Remember car, like the yes. evil the evil car? Right. Yeah. Yes, that's the evil car is. named Car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, like the like the I would say that Bad Milo and Stealth are made on the on the storytelling front with exactly the same amount of effort. <laughs> I think that that's fair, fair to say. Perhaps fair five thousand times the budget. But yes, it's essentially the same quality of picture. And like I, I like I think like I have a soft spot for really shitty, you know, catch it in the middle of the movie kind of movies like that. And stealth definitely foots that. I can understand how that's a popular movie. Like But it's, stealth it's an easy here's watch. the thing. Like Bad Milo knows it's a shitty movie. And yeah, stealth does makes not fun of itself. Stealth right. stealth thinks it's uh, it's 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 Citizen Kane. Yeah, stealth is in the uh, is in the same zone as like Battleship, and uh, mm-hmm. and movies that where you're just like, I think that this they, got made. Yeah, like <laughs> they are definitely they are feeling good about themselves making this thing, and it is it's not there. Like it's not right. At, Who made Battleship? Was that Roland? Uh, no, no, actually, Battleship was done by a, a good director. He did um, uh, the Kingdom, and he did um, yeah. He's I forgot. He's a, sort of a protege of Michael Mann's. Uh, former actor, well, and he's actually a pretty great, pretty good director. But Battleship is just a dumb idea to say. Well, yes you know, it's that. funny because a lot of people thought that uh, 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 Real Steel was uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Oh yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And but Real Steel is actually a pretty good movie. It is a pretty good movie. Yeah, like that, and that's come back around. You know, like that's a that's a uh, like my kids. I was like, this is a good movie. I was like, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's like I think that like the the script probably needed one more one more pass to tighten it up, and that's why bit. it didn't really land. But I like, I mean, it's the hearts there, and it's like it's definitely cool has a lot of heart. Yeah, has yeah. a lot of heart. Yeah, the has um, a lot of heart. Man. God, you sound like a producer from the fifties. The heart is there. Yeah, the heart's there. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's the heart. heart. Yeah, I mean, sure. It's like there's no third act, but it doesn't make a difference. It's Thank fine. you, Max. You know, uh, uh, the director, the director on Battleship was Peter Berg. Peter Berg, uh, oh, yeah. did like, yeah, he's he's a solid action director. He's a smart action director, and uh, and I think that actually Battleship is pretty well directed. It's just it's fucking stupid. <laughs> like, it's just a dumb idea to make a movie out of Battleship. <laughs> like that's basically making a, like a really serious uh, hospital drama out of uh, you know uh, operation the, uh, operation <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't touch the sides. <laughs> you know, like it's just just a silly idea, but uh, but yeah, no, I think that uh, uh, Bad Milo, like if you were to make re- if you were to make that at a higher level, if you actually spent money and time and real visual effects, like it would lose everything that makes me interested in Bad Milo. Like, no, yeah, yeah, no, it needs to be super low budget. That's yeah, what, it's got to yeah. be trash. Otherwise, it's, it's so. It's, my other choices I was thinking about doing is I was thinking about doing Rubber. Oh, Rubber's good. Rubber's good. Yeah. It's well made. Like that's. Like, I know it is, but yeah. I was thinking like rubber, or the other one was uh, uh, uh is it? It's called Deerskin. I haven't. Seen, that's by the same guy, I think. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've not seen Deerskin. I haven't seen it either. I was thinking about one of one of those two. Yeah, what, right. whatever. Yeah, whatever the dude's name is that did rubber. Like he actually knows what he's doing in terms of making a movie. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it's a functional movie. It's just a very right. silly, very silly Idea. functional movie. Yeah, exactly. Right. A vengeful tire. It's a, it's a hard pitch in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, I think either one of those would have been successful. There's this force right. you could do. All right. We should move on because we talked about my Milo way too long. So, yeah, uh, let, let's, let's talk about Ghost Story because I think Eric would love to know how we, what we think about Ghost Story. Yes. I've got some stories behind Ghost Story, believe yes. it or not. 
Do you know my stories behind Ghost Story? Tell them. We should do it on a podcast, though. Oh, we should do a podcast about us talking about the stories that, that we have. Uh, so uh -huh. Ghost Story was in 1981, right? Um, yeah. And it was filmed in a small town in Vermont called Woodstock, Vermont, believe it or not, which is where I used to go do in my summers. I used to go over there and hang out. My grandfather lived in Woodstock, Vermont. And my grandfather was supposed to be in the movie. <laughs> so he was an extra in the movie, but he, he it never made it out of the edit. So he never, he's not actually. That's in incredible. The I never knew that. Yeah. So uh, I, what, when it was filmed, I guess it was filmed in like 1980 or something like that, or 1979. So I was very young and I was very excited and I wanted to go see this movie <laughs> called Ghost Story. Hey, Daniel's back. Hey. Uh, so I went to go see this movie called Ghost Story, and my parents were like, "No, <laughs> you're not going to see this movie because I was like nine, right? I was like, right. Mm, not, not not appropriate for you to see this movie." I was like, "But it's Fred Astaire. Yeah. I mean, no. How bad can I, it be?" No. I think that's uh, I think that's pretty responsible uh, on this. Like, it's like, responsible parenting on my parents' side. Right. Of yeah. Because I mean that 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 movie has far too much Craig Wasson. To, for any child, I think that that's a that's yeah. a bad idea. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like incidentally, I thought that this and um, uh, Body Double both starred Bill Maher for the longest time. It turns out this is not Bill Maher. This is Craig Wasson. <laughs> right. Right. Very, very, very close. And and uh, in, in terms of acting talent, very close. Also, I have to say. Right. So the acting talent are uh, let's IMDb it again just to make sure we get it right. Craig um, Wasson, uh, Alice Creek, Fred Astaire, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Melvin Douglas, very famous old actor. Uh, Douglas right, Fairbanks yeah. Jr., John Houseman. And, right. uh, yeah. name. Big name. Big name. Well, so is Fred Astaire, for God's yeah, sake. Fred Astaire. And, that must have been uh, one of his latest, last movies, right? He was, yeah, this was his last breakdown movie. doing it. Who really? Fred Astaire did? Yeah, he. So he didn't, he was just nervous and full of anxiety. It was really hard no for him to get through. Yeah, that's that's. I wonder, like, I really went drew all these guys to this particular story. I know the book was kind of a hit, but uh, yeah. like, did they do like like? I don't know. It's one of those things. Like, it's so it's so far outside each of their zones. I think they just wanted the cash. They were dying. They wanted, Might as well, right. you know. They got one yeah. foot in the grave. Why not just do yeah. it? They were definitely old the guys. Yeah, right. they're, they're definitely old. Well, it was weird for me to see this movie because a, a lot of it took place like right around in that in that area of Vermont, which um, and all those streets I knew, like I knew all those streets and it was like the, the bridge that the guy jumps off of, like the, right. I, I've been on that bridge right. many, many times, you know, so it was like kind of weird, like just, you know, on Route 4, all that stuff, you know, like I. That's it crazy. was very familiar to me and it was interesting. So, I never knew that because I love this film. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, you know, one of the big guys uh, that is like the big patrons and rich people that is the patron of that town of Woodstock, Vermont, is actually was, well, at the time when I was, when I was going to hang out with my grandfather, was Lawrence Rockefeller. Oh, right, yeah. So, right. Yeah, sure. So I used to go to lawrence rockefeller's house to go bowling because he had a bowling alley in his in his house oh like there will be blood style <laughs> my god what was that dan oh, like there eric. sorry okay one at a time whichever go for one. It. eric eric go ahead how far was that from say like new york city or 
pretty it's 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 far so it's about in you know well you know how vermont is like the, you know the long state right it kind of mm -hmm. goes up like that so it's almost halfway up right uh and probably about an hour west no not even an hour maybe like 35 40 minutes west of the uh new hampshire border so if you actually drive straight if you drive on Route 4 and you go straight east, you end up right at, at Dartmouth in like oh, 45 I've minutes. Been, right. So it's, Dartmouth is right on that border, as you know, of Vermont and New Hampshire. Colgate or Dartmouth? Colgate. Cool. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So I used to, yeah. Anyway, the Woodstock Inn is in it as well. That's where they had lunch where she takes off her panties that was at the woodstock inn oh yes yeah and now it's <laughs> yeah, it's difficult to go there without thinking of that sequence mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like so because i i that um depict the, the turn of the century and 20s yes. well i yeah uh, i'm like, obsessed with <clears throat> I think that there's like I like I like this movie a lot and I actually like it more and more as it goes along. Like it has sort of a shaky yes. start. It does have a shaky start and it gets really really good. It gets really, it, really it, good. Also, like it I gets it to... gets go. Sorry. It, it has like it gets it gets more and more layered as it goes along and the layers really work together. You know, like once it, once you start digging into the past, mm -hmm. you start seeing like uh, Craig Weston's backstory, you start seeing the backstory of all the guys and uh why this is all happening like then the movie as the movie gets more complex it gets more interesting yeah. um and also ha people have more to work with acting wise um and <clears throat> so it starts off for me it starts off a little bit like uh you know all these actors you know like all the, the bunch of older actors they all feel like they're doing like a turn on the love boat for the first like two minutes um but by the end of the movie they're like they're all very much rooted in their characters and right. so like it, t it takes a little bit, it takes a little bit to get off the ground. Um, and, and tonally the movie is like, it, what doesn't work in the beginning ends up working really well towards the end, which is like, it's a weird mix of like this very old school horror and very 1980s horror, you know? And so it's like uh, very romanticized uh, gauzy lens horror. Yeah. For most of it, and and then it will suddenly strike you with like in really intense, crazy gore, you know, at least in terms of the ghost and stuff like this. And um, it's Dick Smith did all that, and like uh, and I think in the in the opening they didn't they hadn't quite figured out what the balance was, uh, but towards the end it really starts to fit together, and the whole the whole ending stretch works really, really, really well. Yeah, like, it, ends up, it turns out it turns into a very good movie by the end. Um, so that's, that's my, it is. like it, was, it, it is. starts and it's kind minus, of, but ends up quite, quite good. Yeah. Actually, I think that's a, a good way of saying it in a lot of ways, but it was like, it, it does. I think he can't, he can't get to the quality it is if it doesn't have the beginning that it starts with. Right. Sure. Right. So you can't, you can't get there right away from the beginning of the movie. It's not like, like, like Oh, we started off making a shitty movie and now it's going to be better by the time we get to the <laughs> right. end. Right. right, right, right. And do that. Right. So you need to go through that journey for it to become as good as it is. Mm hmm which is a little bit of a challenge in a lot of ways for the viewer to have to endure the beginning of the movie. But if right. you're stuck in a movie theater, then that's fine. Right. Um, so, so that's, that's kind of the thing that I think is a little bit interesting about, about it in a lot of ways, but 
when you see a movie that stars, you know, Douglas Fairbanks Jr. and Fred Astaire and all that stuff, these top you, names, you yeah. think you're going to get a, and it's called Ghost Story, you think you're going to get a 1940s, 1950s style right. st- ghost story, and you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're not. It gets really fucking weird. Yeah, it, it, really it ends up weird. being this uh, re- this massive critique of old white privilege. Yes, like, uh, like I was just like this, like yeah, and, like yeah, I think it's also exactly. one, the thing. The thing that I was just like, I was like this, like I, I, I would say anyone who is watching this today, like if you can hang with the first like half an hour, like yeah. the movie pays off in a very modern it way. It does. It makes it makes those old white guys feel like, oh, you you think you can get away with this bullshit? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. It doesn't it's re- work. It's really, I was, by the end of the movie, I was like, this is really fucking interesting. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. It's a great plot line. I understand that they changed it pretty substantially from the book, but like the, what's in the movie is very good. Right. Uh, and, uh, and like the fact that all these older actors, like, I mean, you're used to seeing all these guys, like Houseman and all this, like, they're the bastions of confidence in all the old movies they're in. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, you see, right. you know, like, you see, like, fucking Fred Astaire, like, he's glowing with confidence in all of his classic films. And right. in this, it's, like, completely the opposite. And now that when you said that, Eric, that he was, like, having massive anxiety, like, you can see it. Like, it's obvious, you know? And, uh, and this guy is, like, hamstrung. Like, this dude... No. No! No, he's right. But Eric, go ahead. Tell us. Tell us your thoughts on this because I think you haven't been able to talk about it yet. No, it's basically I. I can't tell you how brilliant the casting was. I don't think it could have been <clears throat> as full as it was if they didn't have that um, the woman to play Alma. Right. Uh, because, she was very good. Yeah, but she had. A, yeah, real yeah, she she yeah. transcends yeah, the generation. Yeah. yeah, she's even really her great. skin and complexion and the way her teeth were, like yeah. everything was like it was perfect. Odd. It wasn't through makeup. It was just the ruddy her skin and her eyes and the way she. she yeah, her eyes. She she had her eyes always were like a little like off. Yeah, like she yeah, just had an expression that feels like I don't exactly know what you're. There also thinking. was this sexuality to her. Oh my god! Well, it's and, all about sex. Yeah, yeah very that was much. So, cool. yeah, man, they nailed that. And yeah, it's it, 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 like it's like I know she's a ghost and she's evil, but I can still have sex with her, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> the thing is, like, it's not like because uh, it, it, it it's so against the grain of the eighties because like. Uh, most of the like most female leads in the eighties in movies like this are not are not like her. Like they're they're like yeah, yeah essentially trashier looking actors. Uh, and she's got such like a vibe, like a like a, a a real quality to her that makes you think that she's got a lot of character. Like just by looking at her, she has this sort of attitude uh, that she progress uh, that she uh, projects. Right, which what you're saying and. Um, and the sexuality that she's, that the whole story is sort of hinged around is not 80s trashy sexuality, like, which is like to, you know, to get, you know, 16 year old boys off. Like it's, it's a much, much deeper, much more actual. I uh, actually think the Sharon Stone took some stuff from that when she did, um, sure. That's a good, that's a good analogy. Yeah, yeah. And like there's, the, there's this underlining thing going on. And the best example was when 
one of the best examples was the, um, they're out in a field and there's that tension, sexual tension, and he gives up the guy yep. in, in the 20s. Yep. But I, it's almost like when they were in Florida, which they made it like literally here where I am right now, uh, that could have. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's like, um, have you ever seen Sweet Talk with uh, Laura Dern and Treat Williams? Like that's yeah. a movie. Like, oh man, that's that's a movie, boy. And it's just like this movie is like nothing. Like, there's no. Uh, it's not a. It's not a uh, uh, explicit movie at all. But the sexiness of the movie is just like overwhelming in a really an un- upsetting way, you know. And uh, and I think that that's what happens in Ghost Stories. Like they're like all these sequences. Um, the it's like it feels like it's going to upset the primness of the setting you know like the 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 genteel nature of the setting that they're in and these very you know um sort of straight-laced older men and all this very proper blah 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 and then she comes in and she like you can feel this electric energy with her that is not like you know anyone else you saw on screen in the 80s because like the it's not like the uh, the uh, the the you know, stripper pole sexuality of the eighties, which dominates no. almost everything. Like it's like real deep, earnest feeling. And it's like, it threatens to shatter all of this propriety. Uh, uh, well, it also shows her power that she's gained over men. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And how dangerous it is. And like how, and like how she's being, you know, like she's not trying to manipulate people. Like she's yeah, just she is. like, well, like <laughs> she's like, she is very, she's very like, this is who she is. Is what I'm, what I'm saying, you know, okay. like, and uh, whereas like the guys just don't know how to handle themselves. No, 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 you know, yeah. like they, they think that they're in control of things. And we should talk a little bit about like, cause if people who haven't seen this, they're going to like, I don't understand what you're talking about. So let's, right. let's actually go through this story a little bit. So there's these, four four old guys four old guys that live in a small town in vermont right it's not called woodstock but it's woodstock vermont i forgot what it's middlebury or something like whatever right. it is middle um, yeah. right murbury or something like that anyway and it's john houseman sounding like john houseman and he's telling ghost stories of some kind while they are drinking uh, 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 cognac or bourbon or no cognac and, and smoking cigars. It's just like privileged white guys that are hanging out, et cetera, et cetera. Now, right. what we find out, you know, later in the plot, which doesn't ruin it, but we find out that these guys have been hanging out with each other all their lives and they're old friends and they, ha- they, ga- they go by the name of the, the, the Chowder Society. I think that's what it's called, yep. right? Ch- yep. Right, which is very New England, right? Chowder, right? So they are super privileged white guys that have done all this stuff, right? And we also noticed that all of them are having seriously hard time sleeping and have nightmares and say scream out in the middle of the night constantly, right? That's one thing they found out. Then we switch to uh, a scene in New York. Am I right? Yep. New York. And we yep. see a guy. And this is where suddenly like he goes like, okay, this is like some spooky movie with this guy's talking ghost stories and whatever. Suddenly see a scene in New York. And this is when it starts to build like, oh, shit, I'm seeing something a lot different than what I thought. And it's a guy coming out of the bathroom having a conversation with a woman. 
and it's a disturbing conversation and it's very 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 weird what's going on right and she is face down naked but face down in the bed (laughs) and uh dan are you back you see your avatar but we're not quite back yet can't hear you if you're back uh nope okay he's not back anyway um and so there we go. now you're back now you're back yep you, okay so he sees her face down in the bed and it's very very spooky the words that she's saying mm-hmm. and he's trying to have a conversation with her and then turns over and her face is a cadaver mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. which point he is spooked he's in a high-rise in new york falls backwards outside of a plate glass window naked fall and it's a very bad green screen situation but which actually falls, adds to the horror of it like it's, such, to the horror. it's like it's a nightmarish image yeah it's a overall. naked guy over a green screen yeah. falling down into yeah. crashing into a pool that's like 20 stories below or whatever and dying right right yeah, that's right um okay so that what's we find out and then uh then we hear from a guy who uh the brother right then it goes to the brother doesn't it go to the brother right. go, okay anyway so then the guy a guy finds out about it and finds out that his brother died the guy who just fell off the thing and then finds out that that guy is the that both of those guys are related to douglas fairbanks jr right and that's right who's part of the the, the chadwick i'm society. like Chadwick society what ed mccann tonight i'm just going that's right <laughs> yes yeah. yes <laughs> you're right <laughs> right so then so then basically it's, you this are is correct a compli- this is a complicated story i just want to put it out, out there it's a complicated story which is actually what makes it really interesting and it gets very mm-hmm. intriguing as you go along so then he goes back and it turns out that the brother who is still alive is at odds with his father whose father definitely very disappointed in him but they have to have a funeral for the for the son right but the father very disappointed in his son right mm-hmm. um when they go back oh my god i forgot how it goes from here okay what what, what happens from here uh i'm missing a part that's going to be to the next spot they go down it's the, they go back to the brother's story the younger brother oh, right. was actually brother, dating her right. right the brother brother says like i slept with his fiance. Because they're guys, twins. We have to point out that they are twins played they by the are same twins. actor. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yes, 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 yes. And I slept with his fiance and his and his father's very, very upset about it. Right. And he's like, this is and the son is like, this is a problem. And then we go and find out his backstory about the young boy. Mm-hmm. That 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 kid the 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 son, not the young boy. How did he meet her again? I forgot now. She was working as a secretary for the dean. Right. Right. He's a teacher. Right. So he is a teacher at a university. And Orlando. Which, which, and this is the, and like, in order to join the Chatter Society, this is how you join, is by telling a ghost story to the other guys. And mm-hmm. so he tells this, this story in order to get into the Chatter Society so he yes. can say, 
this is super weird what's going on. I think that this is all the same presence. Stuff, yeah. Right. Right. And so he tells the story of what happened to him that drew him into this. Um, right. Just he met this woman when he was teaching, and it ended up very strangely. Right. So he meets this woman as he's teaching. She was a secretary to the dean, as Eric said. And she very quickly... And she's very strange and uh, um, uh, uh, and forward, or and mm -hmm. talks sexually very quickly. Yeah, uh, talk about very sexually forward, shall we say? Right. And gets him into bed very quickly. Right. Right. And he is completely enamored by her strong sexual nature. Right. Uh, which has him completely passionate and crazy about her. Right. Mm -hmm. So they they do things like go to a restaurant. And she grabs his hand and puts it between her legs and the restaurant. And he goes, but you're not wearing any panties. You're like, whatever, you know, like that kind of situation, like really telling him, like, I have you, I own you with my body and everything I do. And he's basically completely enamored by her. Right. right. And that's kind of an interesting part of it. Right. So that's that's his thing. He's like he is head over heels over this woman because obviously she treats him sexually in such extreme ways that he's completely overwhelmed yeah overwhelmed right at which point he decides he wants to marry her and says let's get married she goes yes let's go to the greek islands let's go to crete and goes she says no <laughs> right Wait a i want to be married in the town that you were born and he goes yeah. i don't want to go there and she goes i want to be married in front of all of those people and show them you know i was like what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and then it gets very, he gets a little, like he realizes like there's something a little not so right about her. Right. And then they, there's a really great scene and it's really hard to describe, you know, verbally or, or, or but basically they're sleep. They, by the way, she, he, they say that when they're at some beach house, probably somewhere along the Cape is my guess, nope. Dan. No, that's nope. a, that where he went to school was in Orlando, Florida. And that oh. beach house is New, New Smyrna Beach. Okay, well, there you go. It's in Florida. So uh, she, they're, they're, they're talking about that. And then he says, uh, uh, no, I don't want to go there. But then she's up in the middle of the night, naked. Again, she's naked a lot in this film, if you guys like. There's nudity. nothing wrong with There's that. There's nothing Chris. wrong with it's that. It's art. Yeah. It's art. So she's by the window and talking very strangely and he starts to realize mm, mm, there's something not quite right about her in this yeah but what threw him off is that they were in the tub together and he dunked her under the tub oh right 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 so so yeah that right they they spent some time in a tub before and they enjoyed it but then he dunked her in the tub and yeah tell 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 that story eric he dunks her in the tub and she sits underneath there as the hat, hair just kind of floats at the top Right. He's right. kind of looking at her, and then all of a sudden she comes screaming, roaring back up, yeah, yeah out of the wild. water. That's yeah. good. very disturbing. I first saw that. Yeah, it's subtle stuff, but she was like I said, this movie it would been crap. You know, it'd be like watching Kenny Rogers and The Gambler. You know, if it wasn't for this girl, like She's right. there was an odd sexuality she, about her she and continues so to be time. Tra yeah, yeah. She's still, what was she's weird still, about the dunk thing today. too. She's still great. What well, was yeah? Or she's been in a ton of films, yeah. actually. Uh, when the dunk thing was strange, also is because he he kind of he jokingly dunks her, right? Mm -hmm. But her 
her hair stays out of the water and is completely dry, which I know is probably just like, oh, let's just let it. Ha-. But it was it was weird. weird. It's weird. There's, it's unsettling. There's a lot of this movie is very unsettling. Very unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. She makes you feel very, very strange right. throughout well, this. Well, because there's a like, uh, I don't want this to get ahead of it. Like, I, there's a there's a, a complexity to this setup that I don't know if it's from the novel or whether it's like it's like or whether it's even accidental in the way the movie works. But it's centered around her performance, which is terrific. Right? Is that uh, at this point? Like spoiler alert, she is a ghost, right? right. This is what happens. She ends up being a ghost, um, a vengeful ghost, right? And uh, and so she is uh, seducing this ghost. Essentially, is seducing uh, Craig Wasson, right? And uh, she uh, and you also see her uh, later on in the past as her actual self before she died. Right. And what this allows for is uh, because the ghost is vengeful, it's essentially enacting the vengeance using the, the primary tools, the primary adjectives that she would have been known for in life are the tools that she is using to manipulate Craig Wasson, et cetera, et cetera, in, in death. And so they're, they're exaggerated and sort of dangerous feeling. Like her sexuality is, uh, is, uh, is, how can I say it, like engrossing, um, right. But also slightly frightening, right? Mm-hmm. And that's because she's actually dead, right? And uh, and she's vengeful. But because it's so heightened in that moment, it carries that feeling through to the past when they go to the flashback, when she is not an evil anything. She is a good human being before she dies, right? And But you are so freaked out by the ghost story half of what you've seen that you feel the way the boys feel around her. Like, she is a, she's actually a good person who's interesting, just, like, she's a free spirit, for sure. Um, but she charges, she charges the air with this uh, inappropriate level of real, honest sexuality that makes them, that both drives them crazy and freaks them out. And I feel that way watching those scenes, even though she's not doing anything specific to evoke that in me, it's being invoked because I saw her as the vengeful ghost version of herself already you know, doing the negative uh, version of that story. And I'm just right. like, that is a real, like, that is such a clever, brilliant uh, structure uh, to trick me into feeling something that I don't really have uh, cause to feel in the latter half of the film. I mean, it's just like that's like that's a, that's a really brilliant thing to have done, and I I don't I can't think of another movie that's done that, mm. uh, and uh, and so like I think that it's and it hinges on her acting, and it, it it's amazing think that it comes the sexuality. I'm almost sure like when they cast her or the auditions, there's some sexuality. I mean, it was such perfect. I can't think to her character. Oh, yeah, like, she's, that she's it, it almost character. like it was like it went beyond the page. And right. it turned this what would have been a normal scene of like, you know, her in the you know tub or just standing by the window into something different because there, right. her right. standing there not only just naked but there was something crazy beautiful. But there's a haunting and, quality to yeah, her, and she did not her face, her personality. Right, she exactly. Like and she they, was from the twenties. They leverage this so well, like the opening dream sequence that you're describing. Well, not dream sequence, the opening sequence with uh, the brother falling out the window. 
um, like the way that you don't see her face is extremely spooky. Like that's like right. that's Kurosawa style stuff. Like right. like not being able to see someone's face is really upsetting. And yet she is unbelievably seeing... vulnerable at the same time, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so like there's like. Oh, he lost him. But there's. there's I'll finish for Dan. There is a huge similarity between this movie and Titanic because it's both water based. And I want to really stress that. And, you know, Dan's not here and I'm filling in for him. Here it is. You did say Titanic, but I'm guessing you said Titanic. Yeah. Yes, we talked about Titanic. <laughs> um, but the, uh, but there's, a, there's, a, there's a strangeness to this movie in that, like, it is for for certain stretches and for parts of it, it is sort of underproduced and not well made. And then there's parts that are very well made and very well acted. And then there's a whole nother level with her in particular, which is inspired. And so it's, it's kind of a mishmash of a lot of different levels. Uh, like for instance, like I'm not a big Craig Wasson fan, as you may have gleaned, like I'm, maybe he's a very nice guy, but he's not a very good actor in my opinion, like, or at least he wasn't right. in the eighties. And uh, like, he's in, like, he's, great he's well cast for instance in body double by brian de palma because yeah. he's so guilelessly blank faced all the time that it plays into the joke of body double like it works really well it's sort of like you know casting for starship troopers like you don't want good actors involved in that movie you want barbie dolls to be in that movie oh but well like craig waston is in a few movies in that time period where i'm just like you know at some point you know this dude is just not pulling the weight against john hausman that you need him to you know, and so like, uh, well, like Wasson should be, should hobble this movie, um, but he's good enough when he's with her that it works, and then she's so good in the rest of it that she brings it back up over the wall, like especially mm -hmm. by the end, like it's it's a virtually like there's nothing you can do to mess up the movie by the end. It's it's yeah. legitimately scary, and she has totally wrapped you up. Well, basically what happens no, is so, she gets... Sorry to Craig Wesson if he's a fan. Sorry. <laughs> well, basically what happens is after that whole, like, bathtub scene, et cetera, that we mentioned where she comes out screaming, et cetera, and it's, he starts to realize something mm -hmm. is fucked up. And he decides, you know, right. even though he said he wanted to marry her, he knows something is suddenly very, very disturbing. And they start going, traveling back or doing... They're on a trip and he basically tells her i don't think i can get married to you or anything like right. it's like right. done at which point she's like her her decision as a as a vengeful goes like that's all right i'll get your brother <laughs> right and she does that's right and she does and so that's basically fucking. how she got her brother because how how right. his brother died because basically that's what happened right and he knew that because like Oh wait, you met this woman? Because like, yeah, she pursued him on Columbus Avenue or whatever, or Columbus Circle or right. whatever it was, and so, oh shit! Like, so he's trying to he, he's trying to warn his brother about her, but his brother's like, man, eh, it's yeah, it's fine, whatever. Fuck then, off, fuck well, off. No, his brother's then, super successful as compared to him, so he just looks him like a jerk. Like Even a the jerk, father, right. yeah, the, yeah, right. everyone does, right? So meanwhile, she like when she takes her takes her out to dinner, she like used, uh, uses the spoon to put ice cream on his lip to make a mustache like his brother. Like this, like <laughs> all sorts of weird love. I was just like, so oh, queer, Jesus, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. It's so fucking, weird. it's so creepy, dude. That like there's there's creepy. great moments all over the place with that thing. Yeah, it's very very successful in that. And like I said, it's the it's the layering of her character's backstory and post death story 
that makes this movie so fucking uh, uh, effective in the end. Right. Like, creepy. like if you, I agree with you, Eric. Like, if you hadn't cast this woman, like, you don't have a movie. You know? No, it would have been a crappy like, movie. Right. It would have been The Gambler because yeah. it's just there's yeah. something to her that is so. Um, yeah, it's great. In the meantime, while this is happening, uh, we find the the old guys from the the the, the Chowder Society. Uh, they keep having nightmares and then dying, <laughs> right? So uh, right. Douglas Fairbanks Jr., who was the mayor of the town, uh, goes up to a bridge out of nowhere because he's following someone. Is he following someone? I forgot what he's doing. Right, he's doing something. And then he ends up right. uh, getting spooked by the ghost and falls backwards off the bridge into the icy water and dies. Um, so right. that happens, right? And at which point the son is going through his stuff in the attic and finds a photograph. Uh, oh, you're back again. Well, wow, that was quick. Yeah. I've got it down to a science now. Okay. Yeah. It's a hot key. It's a hot key. All right. Uh, uh, so, so he finds, uh, Oh, I think I know what the problem was with you, but I'm not going to deal with it right now. I'm just going to keep on rolling. Um, so uh, uh, the, he finds a photograph of the four guys uh, and a woman in it with a blurred face, right? <clears throat> and he's like, who's that? Right? And that's when they start to go that's into the, their backstory. The right. right. So they go into their backstory and how they do it. So then we go back to what was it, the twenties or something, whatever it was, yeah, thirties, right. right? And they start talking about themselves as these four boys, prep, prep, very preppy. Very, yeah, yeah, very preppy. they're fucking, you know, like uh, what's the phrase? Like not not kings of the world, but like they're the masters of the universe kind of characters, right? You know, like all these rich motherfuckers, you know, and they're all just like charming, yeah, you know. Uh, prep school dressed, you know. Oh, stop it, Thorsten. Yeah, like this kind of shit. Thorsten. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Russian, yeah. honestly. Yeah, exactly. Like all this blue blood. What are you uh, doing to me, Russian? Yeah. Stop. Right. And she this is ridiculous. You did the ball. The ball. Right. <laughs> she did this to me at the plaza oh. like a year ago. I was embarrassed. Mm -hmm. You just, whenever you talk, just make sure you never actually unclench your teeth. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. These, these, the worst these, thing ever. These dudes, so, like, they're 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 ex like they're like what the only thing that makes them more irritating than their their actual position in society. But it's like they are also completely blind to the fact that they're just, uh, you know, fucking got it all assholes. <laughs> like, yeah. like they're, well, they're they, entitled. I mean, they're yes. entitled. They're, they're just entitled. Blind, blindly entitled. They're blindly entitled. Yep. Right. But. She shows up in town, mm -hmm. and they're all like, oh, my God. They're all enamored by her, right? Right. And they're all four of them, and they all decide to take her out on a date, all four of them. Right. right. <laughs> Creepy. Because they somehow cannot figure out how to separate each other from each other, right? Right. Uh, so it's a problem. But then she decides to... Like, she's like, okay, I'm on board or whatever. And she starts to date one of them, but it feels fucked up. Like, like she's just like, it's very great Gatsby-ish kind of. It is a stuff, little weird. Right? Like, she's dating one of them. Right. 
kind of, but they're always around. Yeah, and right, then right. when she tries to get close to the one guy that because she's they're dating, impotent guys, there's yeah. something. And then he really... can't be with her. Yeah. Like somehow he walks away from her to be yeah. with the other guys because I think, I think they're all gay. I think there's yeah. a subtext. I think there's there a, is subtext, a subtext, guy. Yeah. Like, because, I mean, later on... They all love like, each other. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, this is true. And, like, in fact, later in the movie, uh, what's-his-name says, you know, just like he's, you know, like, we, we were married. You know, as much I was as married to him as I was to my wife. Okay, and, so and, and, so I think, together and... Yeah, I, I think that this is, like, this is very much a real subtext of the film, where these yeah. guys just, like, they're so, uh, like, they, like... They they can't admit their like their own actual caring for one another like that's not right that's not available, but right. sexuality is very very present, you know in 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 their the way they relate to one another and then yeah. she comes in and sort of like gives them a target so they can they can feel sexual without feeling shame about it. That's the thing that I'm supposed to like. Right, exactly, and so like it, it becomes more of a prize for all of them rather than real feeling except one person who the one guy who actually does you know end up dating her and he can't even you can't get it up like right. like he's just like he's like his that's not what his body wants to do you know so like um but it that's the thing that drives them all uh mad like he shares with them what happened is sort of a story Right? right, and she's like, "What the fuck are you doing? We're having like this is an honest connection between you and me," and he's like already sort of dissolved that barrier between right. himself and the other guys, you know. And so it's yeah, a, because it's a, there's a situation where they're all sitting on the, they're in a field, right, and they're all hanging around on this picnic blanket or whatever, mm -hmm. and then she starts making out with him, right, and the other guys are like, "Oh, maybe we should leave them their space," and they start walking away in a very weird and awkward way it's like very strange right and then he'd rather be with them than with her <laughs> and that was strange that was very very anyway it was it was really good really good all right so yeah it was a it was a strange thing so uh when dan comes back we'll talk about it. so how he'll, he'll be back I don't know if I'm going to salvage this podcast, but maybe, maybe I'll gonna make it work. There's going to be like 25 recordings of Dan. <laughs> okay. So how did, uh, how did, how did she, uh, there we go. How did she die? Eric? She died because, uh, we're all drunk and they were, she was dancing with one gentleman guy. Oh yeah. They all showed up at her house drunk, right? That's right. right. Right, and so and they're they're giving off the vibe of like uh, like we all get to quote dance with you. One of us dances right. with you, dances with you, then we all get to dance with you. Go ahead, Eric. Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, and so they basically um, one guy demands who looks like John Hamm's like cousin. He does, <laughs> right? And they they ask for a dance, and he says, "I haven't gotten a dance, so unless you give me a dance." Uh, I'm not leaving. And so there was this definite tension, sexual tension. I thought when I first saw, it, I was like, oh, she's going to go through all these guys tonight. And it was like there was her, the way she was felt a little rapey. Yeah. Well, right. Like, th this is what I mean. It's like she, she she clearly doesn't feel that way. Like the, the way the scene plays out, she's like, 
I'm not here to fuck everybody. <laughs> like, like yeah. I'm like, you guys have this in mind clearly because of the way you think about me, you know, right. but this is not what is actually happening. And then when right. she gets and, really sort of pushy and, you know, sort of angry about it as she has the right to, like, that's when they're like, fuck you, bitch. Well, hold on. It isn't up. it, isn't that, isn't that what was the, the servant, right? Yeah, exactly. Isn't right. that the thing where basically like if we both fuck her, then we're fucking each other? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's a, yeah, the, yeah, like we, it's, it's a, we do the Venn diagram thing. We're all crossing the same space. So then we right. have a rule. Really, yeah. If, if I get into fuck her, then you get the fuck her. Then yeah. that's how we can get to fuck each other without being gay. And see, like, <laughs> this is the, this is the brilliance of like the structure that I was talking about is that like, right. because you've already seen her in this sort of hyper-sexualized and vindictive mode as a ghost. Right. Like, yeah, that's you didn't in, see what got her there. Yeah, exactly. Like that's where well, that's what's in the back of your mind concerning her character. So you are thinking of her in the hypersexualized way that these guys are thinking about things, right? right. And uh, and you have the expectations, less like what Eric said, just like when that scene started, like you think like, okay, so what? She sleeps with all of them, and then the scene turns around saying, no, I'm not. What the fuck are you talking about? It's her position. But I am as guilty, and you know, I love movies that make the audience feel guilty, and this is Mm -hmm. a great one, because, like, it sets me up to have this expectation that is completely incorrect, and that is what is happening for those guys, you know, they're in this, like, they think of her as something that they can use. You know, right. to express their own, their own, like they, they can't express their feelings towards each other because that would be gay. So we will do this other thing and sort of share this other person as if she's not a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they like, it's like, it becomes tragic and angry um, in a way that they don't understand while it's happening. You know, right. and I think that that's the, like, I, like the, I, I thought of it like there is there, the only other movie I can think of that has this mechanism is Death Proof, where Kurt Russell is so scary in the first half that you're scared of him in the second half when there's no reason to be scared of him anymore. And like it's it's such a great uh, leveraging the audience into feeling ashamed trick in this movie that mm. I'm just like I can't believe this hasn't been stolen because the movie is like it's basically been forgotten by time. Nobody knows what Ghost Story is. And this is like the this is the perfect movie where if you could remake this today, it's very very modern in what it's saying, and the fucking gag is gold, like mm-hmm. it's just gold. I was really really surprised, you know, from the from the first five minutes of the movie where I was like, oh, this is not going to work out. Had you to the seen end it before? Where I was like, Jesus, I had seen it when I was maybe sixteen, seventeen. I hadn't seen it in a long time. I hadn't yeah. seen it in a long time, and I hadn't seen it in this context, honestly speaking, Eric. And I, and and so I was really glad I saw it because I did finally see it, you know, because I wasn't allowed to see it when I was nine or ten, but yeah. uh, I I did uh, finally see it, you know, much later, and and I, I thought it was interesting, but when I re when I rewatched it recently, I was like, this is this is very interesting. Yeah, and I never, you know, I never really, I picked up on her being a vengeful ghost for sure because that's a very clear part of it. But I never like the weird sexuality between those guys mm-hmm. was interesting, and especially since the I can, I, you know, now that I think about it, do you think those old guys like, you know, uh, uh, Fred Astaire, et cetera, et cetera, is like you realize that they're playing a person that is actually in love with another man. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I, mean, no, I think yeah. they were just taking the money and they all, like earlier, had one foot in the grave. So they were just right. like, oh, do it. 
Yeah, because they're basically all a bunch of old gay guys that like to hang out and smoke cigars and drink whiskey and think about each other as how close they are with each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, which is an interesting thing. Um, anyway. Uh, it was pretty good that they did it, though. Honestly. Shocking, because I think us, and that was their last hurrah. Right. And to do that. Yeah. Well, I think it's a, it, like uh, it ended. Like I don't know how the movie did when it came out, um, but like uh, I, I did I tried to do some research on it today, and I was just like, really, like it's hard to even Google this movie. Nobody really knows what. Like people know the book, you know, um, because uh, Peter Straub also worked with Stephen King, so he remained relatively popular. But the movie has sort of just sort of fallen out entirely. Um, and for these guys, like I, I had not even thought of them, you know, like. I don't. I only think of them in their time period. I only think of Fred Astaire. That's right. You know, as as uh, as you know, tap dancing in black and white. You know, that's pretty mm-hmm. much it. Or Ginger Rogers. Ginger Rogers. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, like maybe Melvin Douglas. Well, yeah, he shows up in like like Cocoon or something like that. That's um, right. That's that's, right. that's about it. Like he'll come right. by and play the, the the token super old dude. Um, but like to really be in a role like this, I think that's. Like I think that that's what must have messed up Astaire, like you said, Eric, that he's so filled with anxiety. Is like there's a lot to this movie that isn't visible on the surface until you're probably making the movie, and you're like, oh shit, what the fuck? What is this thing that I'm doing? I you think know, those really... scenes where they were in bed screaming and sweating probably mm-hmm. creeped them out. For, for it, just oh, them out right and they did a good job of those scenes, by the way. They really let the mumbling and the weirdness. Right, yeah. It was it, so it was into creepy. Right, they scared the hell out of them. They're like, you know what? I don't know if I want to do the rest of this movie. Right. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, this would be like if if you made this movie today, you'd be talking about casting what, like Gene Hackman, right? Somewhere, someone along those lines. Right. Can- Candy Bergen. Yeah, she's Candy Bergen. We can get them back together one last oh. round. She didn't have the per- <laughs> she didn't have the perky breasts of that woman. Uh, like, no, that's oh, true. Yeah, there's really something. Candy. To say. <laughs> yeah. Boy, oh boy. Yeah, and Gene Hackman. Yeah, like Candy this is... Bergen and Gene Hackman in Domino Principle. But Domino they should do that again, and she could play the ghost. I think that's a great idea. I think that's a lovely idea. <laughs> like I in Mexico. Like what? Yeah, he's got that awful hat. If they if they if they did a remake of this movie, let's say. 15 years ago or so. Right. Tilda Sweeney would have been perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly, right? She's fucking great. She's so great. Yeah. Have you guys seen the remake of Suspiria? No. It's on Amazon. I think it was made by Amazon. And it's by the guy who directed Call Me By Your Name. Oh. Uh, and it's, uh, like, I'm a fan of the old Suspiria. I think it's a good, really fun, you know, it's a great, it's a classic Giallo uh, horror movie. Um, but uh, the remake of, is really really fucking spooky it's very slow but very beautiful until this went and it's unbelievably good like she absolutely owns this movie and it's a classic uh old school horror film like uh, hmm. i was just like this needs to be much more popular it's really, my really first cool. my first experience with tilda sweeney was in uh orlando oh yeah same yeah she's great at that absolutely holy great. crap yeah. i was like who the hell is this person yeah, she's 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 beautiful. She's weird looking. You know, she's, she's yep. commanding. Yeah, yeah she's Derek really Jarman film. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, she's. I mean, like, yeah, gosh, she's been. Uh, she's actually. I just saw. What did I just see? I um, did. I was very. I did not. I think they tried. You know, when they casted her in. Uh, 
Oh, what's the Marvel film? Uh, Doctor Strange. Oh, Doctor like, Strange. Nah. Yeah. No, it's like it's too obvious, and it was the wrong person, wrong, wrong race, for God's sakes. Well, there's no, there's no way to cast that. That's like a, that's a Ming the Merciless problem. Like, there's no way to cast that correctly because the the idea of the character is is rooted in some pretty goofy bullshit. <laughs> you know, it's like this is borderline yeah. racist character to start with, and like I thought she did a pretty good job. There's nothing. No, she did. She yeah. did. I mean, she always she always does a great job. I just didn't like her being that role. Well, it's just like I don't like if you cast if you cast an Asian actor in that role, then it's just like okay, at least we have the right race playing this racist caricature. It's <laughs> you know, like well, that's kind of weird, you know. So I think that they're trying to think mm, their I get way what out you're of saying. it. Yeah, it's like I mean, it's like the only way to have Ma- uh, Ming the Merciless in front Flash Gordon is to have Swedish Max von Sydow play him because it's Got so it. fucking obviously ridiculous that you you can just you say it's a joke, it's dumb. Fair point. Yeah. But that's fair a, but, point. But I but, but I don't think a lot of people see it that way. They'll just say, "I can't believe they cast a Swedish guy to play an Asian dude. How racist <laughs> well, is that? Why would you want it? Why would you ever ask? Why would you want an Asian dude to play a super role? racist role? In Asian <laughs> exactly. Dude. Yeah. Like yeah. it's so so weird to me. Uh, but in any case, yeah, this when um, uh, what I just saw her in uh, a Jim Jarmusch movie that I had not seen yet, which, which is, is uh, uh, Only Lovers Left Alive. Mm. And man, was that great! All right. Anyway, Eric, I I do want to bring up that I, I I appreciated your your choice of movie. Thank you for doing that. I'm sorry that my choice of movie was such a downer on your life. It wasn't a downer. It just movie. wasn't a very good. And don't take it negatively. No, it <laughs> it was like I said, it was YouTube clips, but it definitely. Yeah. Um, I've always liked that movie. It's not the scariest movie. Okay, we talked about it. it's a strange film. There's it's a strange, so it's weird. a strange, good strange. It's a good yeah. strange. I, film. It's like Pin, but better. Yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah, because like I think that like Pin, like Pin, Pin is, was weird. Yeah, Pin, Pin is Pin is uh, like part of the what makes to, just to revisit our other episode. Part of what makes Pin work is that it is not very well made. Like yeah. it, it adds to the the fucking complete weirdness of this thing, the project. Yep. Um, but this movie is very close to being a great movie. And, uh, and go like ghost story is like, by the end, I'm like, this should be remembered much better than it is. Like this, this is a genuinely good movie, uh, with some really great, great, great stuff. It's the kind of movie that we, I would love to see them remake if they could find the right people to be in it. It's, it's got yeah. such great ideas. I know. That's going to be tough. Be yeah, I think it's a good choice to remake, and like because it, it's in the same vein as like, um, you know, the Changeling with George C. Scott. Um, oh, you know what you could do though? You can know, know, you know, because you got, it has to take place in the previous time and a new time. You make it all about the eighties. Oh yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Right? So you basically oh, here's what you do: you take. Sto- you 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 redo you, sixteen candles. Lethal weapon. No, you, you redo, <laughs> you, 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 it, this, is, this, this is the sequel to Sixteen Candles. Yeah, and, exactly. Remember when we thought date rape was really funny? Yes. <laughs> and then we turned it into this fucking thing. Oh wait, it's not funny at all. It's not funny at all. And she's a whore. She's gonna revenge revenge everything. Exactly. Yes. Six, sixteen candles to revenge. We could do this. That sixteen make candles to revenge as a ghost. <laughs> Yes. The vengeful ghost version of Molly Ringwald's character. Uh-huh. I'm down. I'm definitely down. Uh-huh. <laughs> I wonder if you took a raw cut uh, domino principle and try to cut it in with Ghost Story. 
if you could do that. I bet that. you could do that. Yeah, I think you could get in there. <laughs> There's got to be a crossover. Just like Gene Hackman in another hotel room. Go down to Florida, <laughs> right? That's right. That's perfect. That's what we need to see, really. He but yeah, the, no, I was... The Neighbors. Oh, God, that's a sitcom right there. That's all we need. Yep. <laughs> Why isn't there a Domino Principle sitcom? Like, they that can bring that so back great. on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. That would be perfect. Uh, okay, so we should talk about uh, another thing, okay, which really is um, uh, a band from the 80s that was really popular called the Fine Young Cannibals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now we come down to my zone. Yeah. Ravenous, so, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Ravenous. The movie Ravenous, which was a dance suggestion, which I literally stopped watching about 15 to 20 minutes before we started recording this podcast. Uh, uh, yeah. So that's a thing that happened in my life. Um, and it was, it was a good, it, it's, it's a good film. Honestly. It's a good gonna, movie. It's, it's a, a good, good movie. movie. <laughs> but certain things I'm going to tell you that I'm going to, uh, uh, you know, like I really haven't had time to digest it. Obviously. Uh. Because... <laughs> you like that? Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, uh, uh, it, it is about cannibalism, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the reason I hadn't had time to digest it, but you know, but but there are certain things that I was noting as I was watching it. One was honestly one of the things that surprised me so much was the score. Oh, it's great! It yeah. is great. One of my favorite. The, Thank you for saying that. It's one of my favorite yes, scores. Yes, the score was like, yeah, this is very cheery and cheerful and yeah. happy score. Yeah, over stuff that's really disturbing, Ter- terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that score is so brilliant, and it's it. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. Was I mean, it your you, first neither time? Of you had seen this yeah. movie, correct? No. Okay, good, 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 good. What was uh, your impression, Eric? I liked it. I mean, I it wasn't. There was, well, I, I hard time. I just you know between it's a I appreciate how great of a film it was because it's very hard to run that humor with the severity of yeah so it's a very hard it, it movie is, to make it is a, it, like the, it, i think it's uh, tonally one of the most difficult uh tonal changes i've ever seen pulled off in a film like yeah there was, a, like, there was a real sophistication and complexity to how it was made and i was thinking that i was like god first of all i can't believe i never saw this and b this is so hard to pull off yeah yeah. Yeah. Like is that like it is a western, it is a comedy, it is deeply disturbing. It's Well, let's just put it comedy is on a light on the on the on the it's the not casting was really perfect. a comedy. Casting yeah. is flawless. Casting is very good. Yeah. In a disaster just like Ghost if it wasn't for great Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you everyone in that movie needs to be perfect in order for it to work. And uh and they found like it's starting I think with uh like like I think that uh, Guy Pierce is good. He's he's very solid in his role, right? right? And in a way that he needs to be. Um, but really, it's between um, uh, what's his name, the original cannibal, uh, Carlisle, uh, Robert Car- Carlisle, yeah, uh, and um, and uh, what's his name from Ferris Bueller? The, oh, the, 
uh, Amadeus too. Yeah, Jeffrey Jones. Like, Jeffrey Jones. Those yeah. those two those two bits of casting represent the opposite ends of the film. Mm-hmm. You know, like Jeffrey Jones is from basically he's Ferris Bueller principal in a western. Right. <laughs> you know? And then Robert right. Carlyle is like, I'm creepy Robert Carlyle and I'm going to get so much creepier. <laughs> I'm gonna get really, really creepy. Yeah. Beyond the pale creepy. Yep. Yeah. 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 And uh All right. And it's a it's a western, and mm-hmm. it takes place somewhere around the Rockies. Let's yep. just put it that way. Yep. Shot in Yugoslavia, though, right? Yes, no. I believe so. Yeah, actually, I do think was it it's really? in Romania. Yeah, yeah. Romania, yeah. Really? Yeah, I'm not sure, yeah. but I believe that's true. Yeah. And it's okay. uh, so it's it's one of those classic snow westerns. It's like you know it's up there with Jeremiah Johnson and stuff like that. That's the tone. Why not just shoot it in fucking Colorado? Uh, usually they shoot this kind of stuff in Canada now. It's uh, it's 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 oh, easier tax to, credits, right? and yeah, tax credits, yeah. But no, but this was 1999. They didn't have that shit back right. then. Maybe That's they true. just get, uh, I don't know, whatever. Small cast, anyway. Mm-hmm. Definitely a little bit of you know classic film, uh, horror film isolation stuff, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So this is a small fort somewhere out in the wilderness thing, right? Right. Right. Um, and where they basically send people that the army thinks are useless. Like you, we need someone to fill this fort. You know, we need someone at the fort, but we're not going to, it's not top of the line guys. Right. You know? And so you have, uh, yeah, it's a bunch of drunk people, a bunch of idiots, et cetera, et cetera. And then they got a couple of native Americans that are there as well, that are part of the narrative. That's important of this. Right. Yeah. Right. We lost Dan, but that's okay. So uh, when Dan comes back, he can, he can talk about how, we, how uh, that rejoined the thing. Yeah. All right, so Dan. Yes. So um, how does this thing start off? There's some guy that shows up, right? Well, yeah, so it's the, uh, it starts out with Guy Pierce is, uh, this is Civil War-ish times, and Guy Pierce is a, uh, oh, you know, a, a decorated soldier for his combat uh, abilities. Um, and he's given a great big dinner in the beginning of the movie uh, and given these great honors, and then is going to be sent off to this, this post far on the frontier. And the reason why he's being sent to this uh, very far away shithole is because Guy Pierce is actually not in reality a war hero, but he's a terrible coward who ran from battle and hid with dead bodies as a dead body while people were getting killed around him and he uh, did not hit. rise to the occasion and he just hit, right. which to me is very understandable, but to the army is you know disgraceful. Um, but they, they hide that fact and instead uh, pretend like he is a valiant soldier and then they boot him out to the frontier. And so he shows up at this, uh, at this fort, which is uh, uh, commanded by uh, Jeffrey uh, Ferris Bueller. And, uh, and, uh, and he slowly comes to know the strange characters that live out here. Uh, right. And th- it's a very, like, all, it's not just an isolated place, but everyone in there is like, has, has real character flaws and, there are very isolatable people, you know, uh, whether it's uh, but Arquette, David Arquette, who's, 
you know, this sort of the dumbass, dumbass, you know, weirdo. Um, you have the uh, lonely, crazy, uh, uh, sketchy kid uh, who looks like Henry Thomas, but I can never remember his name. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, uh, you know, like you have the, uh, the principal from Ferris Bueller who's trying to hold on to the last vestiges of sort of society and propriety. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's all this very, this very diverse, uh, diverse and very depressing cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all played in kind of a goofy manner. So, yeah, like, it's sort of like this, it sets it up, like, almost like it's a sitcom between these very highly divergent characters. Um, and he starts to settle in there as best as he can when Robert Carlyle shows up. And Robert Carlyle shows up saying, uh, I'm part of a group uh, 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 of settlers that uh, was, or wagon train, that was attacked in the mountains and uh, brutally killed, and I'm the only survivor. Right. And, uh, and he's covered with blood, and they're like, we'll take care of you, no problem. Right. And uh, they slowly get him back, bring him back to health, and they're like, we have to investigate what happened to, uh, to your, the other people. your caravan. Uh, right. If we can save anybody, we, we must. And uh, so he leads them out there. And it's not too long before you realize that Robert Carlyle is actually the murderer who killed everyone in the camp. Right. Uh, and he didn't just murder them. He ate them. He, he ate them. <laughs> and he doesn't just eat them. There's a supernatural element to his hunger. Right. Uh, that's the more he gives into Eats. it, the yes. stronger he becomes. Yeah, it's like you're addicted to human flesh, but you become a stronger person for eating it. That's right. the bigger thing. And this including is a, evading death. Yes, and uh, and uh, this is a uh, so the actual story that's going on here is closer to a uh, almost a werewolf uh, yes. uh, kind of story. Vampire, and a werewolf vampire kind of story, and it's a it's rooted in a, a northern and Canadian. Uh, 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 Native American myth uh, folklore. Mm. folklore called the the Wendigo, and uh, right. and you become a Wendigo if you eat the uh, the flesh of uh, the dead. Right, and uh, and so the story carries on from there, where Robert Carlyle is a dangerous and crazy person, and uh, and sooner rather than later, you end up with Guy Pierce is the only one who can stop him. Right. So what happens is he basically, as they as they go out to investigate the site where this guy is, he, uh, uh, which was a cave, which is where all the settlers were, they figure out that all the settlers had been stripped and eaten. Right. Upside down. Upside down. Right. And so horrible shit. And yeah. then and then they uh, they try to run away. And it's like it's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. And then they all got killed. All of them get killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then. Uh, except for Robert Carlyle, as you said, gets, uh, survives somehow, right? But what was weird about it was the thing that was the one thing that's like, wait, what? He jumps off, and it's a really interesting scene. So he's being chased, and he jumps off a cliff and braces himself by surviving off the cliff by holding on to the very tall trees that are there, and uh, basically breaking his fall as he falls to the ground. 
and 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 the other guy there was another guy who was with him that also uh does the same thing right and they end up in this little weird cavern the little hole but somehow the guy who not 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 uh, uh uh robert carlisle but the other guy tries to bite him like i don't get that part i didn't understand why he tried to bite him but anyway it was a thing uh and then he dies <laughs> the the other guy robert Carlyle's leg is massively broken and he's in really really bad shape but he doesn't know anything about the cannibalism by the way at this point but somehow decides to start eating the other guy does why why did he eat the other guy did i miss something part of, i missed something here hopefully dan will come back soon he can tell us what's going on i didn't catch that part yeah, because why did he start eating the other guy? Here, Dan, do you know that? Uh, yeah, like they, they are driven by the spell of the Wendigo, the spirit. Okay. And so, so they're they wrapped up in the, in the, in the, in the, Wendigo? In the possession of this, the, the Wendigo, yeah. yeah. It sounds like a folk band from the 60s, doesn't it? <laughs> it's Newport, true. <laughs> Newport Jazz Festival. Apple coming on, and then Wendigo's coming on. And I think Paul Simon and I a little bit of uh, some, some songs. For a little while with Wendigo. They were really, right. really great. It's going to be real groovy, guys. So come on, we got yeah, Wendigo so coming fun. up. And Peter <laughs> and Mary, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And hey, true. down with Nixon, baby. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but yeah, like, because it's weird. It was because the movie is playing it so coy with what it is itself. Like, it's not letting you in on what is happening at all. So it's it's very it's right. it's very vague and confusing for it uh, is. for a stretch where you're like what the fuck is happening how come that guy didn't die and why is it like what's what's going on and right. only towards the end all like, is like oh okay it all makes sense because I was yeah. wondering it's like first of all I was wondering is like okay if there's I knew there was cannibalism involved I was like but they're in a rich forest full of food right why the right. fuck are they eating each other Chris, right. there's oh, fish in the trap. <laughs> There, there, there is there's trout there's it's trout deer. available yeah, there's deer exactly. there's rabbits like right. why the fuck are they eat oh. oh now now it all comes clear now it all comes right. clear because I mean, at first i was like this is stupid they're not why would they, there's no reason to eat each other it's like, yeah they're oh, not gonna right. be exactly there's plenty of stuff to do no it's, yeah. uh, it's something else is going on yeah, yeah. And like and this is the like it's it's really it's really wild because by the end of the movie like it becomes so ridiculously supernatural like though they can survive ridiculous damage like the when the when carlisle right. him, no it becomes the marvel film right? it becomes a marvel <laughs> film and it's incredibly yeah, it's, it's, they're all a bunch of wolverines that yeah. eat each other <laughs> it's fucking absolutely radical like yeah. the, the, it gets it turns into such a wild gore fest i was just yeah. like they, like it, it, the movie changes from uh from a western like a comedy western to a serious western to like a survivalist western to a kind of a horror history movie to a supernatural horror movie to a complete fucking sociopathic blood bloodbath yeah it was a little bit out of control it's out of control and i just want to point out like that the only other movie that i that of this kind which straddles an incredible just like covers an enormous tonal distance like this is american psycho uh, yeah. yeah. Right. And this fits. I've watched them back to back. They feel very. Uh, they feel very uh, part of a part of a piece almost. And they are both directed by women. And, and I think this is really fascinating. Like that. That you have female filmmakers that because they have like 
uh, they have a love of, and they, both of them have a love of horror. You know, Antonia Bird, she's dodged at a heart attack. But they have a real love of horror, and so they're embracing horror 100% in both American Psycho and, uh, and in this. Um, but because the, uh, Antonia Bird, who directed Ravenous, died a few years ago. And, uh, uh, but she's a, good, a really good TV director and uh, did a bunch of uh, a very like, character-driven movies. But Ravenous was like, like, she really wanted to make this because she had this, like, the way I understand it, like a personal love of doing a good horror movie. And, uh, and she embraces it so stone cold. It's like most guys, and I want to just pick on guys wholesale, but like if I'm, I, most men who would have directed that movie would have fucked it up. I'm pretty sure. Uh, and it's because, uh, like they, like most, most, like if John Carpenter directed it or whatever, like they, they fall in love with a certain thing, like the gore, right? And they would make it wall to wall, you know, yeah. but in, instead, like, she's like, we have to take our time to do this if we're really going to pull it off, you know, and she's sensitive enough and empathic enough um, to tell the story properly first, but she has such a real love of horror movies that she's not going to take her foot off the pedal in the end, you know, and by the end of the movie, it's just fucking bananas. And like, I, I was, I like, I love this movie. Not only do I think it's a really fun, uh, strange and exciting movie, but I'm just like, you don't get, like, you get a movie like this once every 20 years, where mm. it's like, just fucking balls to the wall, just all the way through the swing, you know? And by the end of that, by the end of Ravenous, it's just like, she has pulled out all the stops, everything is ridiculous, and you, ne you don't know when it happened. Like, it doesn't just suddenly break and become ridiculous. It's been getting there the whole time, and she's managed the tone so well that you're in a totally different space. Oh, we lost him. I know he, his, sense, his, his, his statement was going too long that we were not going to be able to hear the end of it, but that's okay. Uh, but, yeah, she, it was very... Uh, See, that's how we know. This is why I get cut off. The machine is actually a timer like, nah. for when I rant. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was it was like I said, it was a very good. Uh, it, it was very interesting in a lot of ways, and then so, yeah, you know, the cannibalism stuff. Like if it, if I didn't tell you it was about cannibalism, you probably wouldn't do it. But because I knew it was about cannibalism in a little bit at the beginning, I was like, mm -hmm. what the fuck's going on, right? So there's a little bit of that that's that's happening in there, but obviously, there's a spell that happens over you after you've gotten this this thing, and you constantly crave human flesh, mm -hmm. constantly crave human flesh. Mm -hmm. Which was a very strange thing, right? Uh, uh, but the other thing that was that was interesting was that there there's some twists that happen in here. Like, okay, I can sort of see what's going on, but there's some twists that happen here that are really good, right? So finally, after all of that stuff, the guy eats, you know, the the the, the original cannibal, right? Mm -hmm. Eats all the guys that he's killed uh, mm -hmm. out there, and he's very happy. He's a very joyous person yes. because yes. he's eating all these people. And uh, but he, the other guy, after eating just a little bit of the flesh of his of his friend, uh -huh. walks out with uh -huh. a very seriously broken bone, but just walks back to the camp. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Right? Yep. And I'm like, what the fuck? They're like, yep, <laughs> no, walks back to the camp. Uh, and so at which point, you know, he's like, okay, something's going on here, obviously. 
But then he keeps te- he keeps telling his commanders about the crazy story about this this guy and the cannibals and the the strange crazy shit that's going on, and they all think he's crazy. And he's like, "We're not gonna. You can change your story, or whatever." And it's like, "Oh, and by the way, the commander was obviously killed, which was the you know the Ferris Bueller's guy. So we brought in a new colonel to to oversee the the the, the camp while while we find a new one, and who walks in." But the original fine young cannibal. <laughs> yeah. And you're right. like, oh shit, man. That's <laughs> so awesome. Good. So good. So good, right? Yeah. And so oh, you're like, shit. oh shit. And he's like, that's the guy, that's the guy. And he's like, well, hold on. What the hell are you talking about? You're crazy. You're completely crazy. It's like, but you're like, you will know it's the guy, but you shot him in the shoulder, right? And it's like, yeah. It's like, well, if he's got a wound in his shoulder, we'll know it's the is the is the bad guy right so they ask him to take his shirt off and it turns out he doesn't have any wounds you're like <laughs> wait a minute right so you look at it all in the guy's head or whatever and that's when you realize like you know he can actually heal himself because he's eating human flesh that's where it turns really weird and supernatural in mm-hmm. a lot of ways but then he does the, the and i was really hoping they would do this where basically he he acts completely normal but when the two of them are alone he will actually fess up everything to oh him. yeah he just says it uh, right just says it it's the best <laughs> so it's the best so and he's like why didn't you fit you like you ate a little bit of your friend but why didn't you eat the rest of it you should have finished the rest of your meal <laughs> people love uh carlisle in transpotting this is this to me yeah, is his great. fucking gold crown yeah. in this movie he is unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah so funny so scary and so crazy like when yeah. when they, when they're at the cave and he is getting so excited and he's like gnawing at his fingers, shallow, like oh, oh my god, I'm about to have some flesh. <laughs> it's, it's it's both hilarious and fucking maddeningly scary. You're like, yeah. this dude is dangerous, absolutely dangerous. Yeah. Oh fuck, yeah. what a great what a great performance. That's one of my that's one of my favorite horror performances of all time. One of the, the great villains ever is that Scarlet picture. Uh, and then, you know, it takes, you know, so basically everyone, because the guy is talking about cannibals and everything else, and he's acting completely normal in front of everyone else and very sophisticated. Uh, they lock him up because he keeps trying to sabotage things. At the same time, he's also, because he's eaten a little bit of his buddy, he keeps fantasizing about killing David Arquette. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and eating him, right? So good. <laughs> Which is very disturbing as well. So finally, he's chained to he's he's chained to his bed or whatever because he's in jail for for acting ridiculous, uh, and then the 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 major who's the only person in command right now, <laughs> who's also a drunk, is sitting around not doing much, and then the David Carlyle is making a stew, and he goes, "Oh, you're making a stew? Can I can I help?" And he's like, "Yeah." Let me. You 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 may be able to contribute a little bit later, <laughs> which is the funniest line, so right? Good, yeah, like between that and when the. Oh, oh, oh. lost him. Uh, but yeah, that, so so I'll he. Finish for him. Anti- I have that to say, and Titanic. 
There we go. There it is. All right. Between that and when uh, when what's his face goes, he was licking me. <laughs> I was on the phone today with with our good friend Sally Slade, and she goes, "I said, yeah, I have. To, I'm watching. I'm trying to finish up Ravenous for Martini John." She goes, "He was licking me." He was licking me. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest fucking line, dude. So terrific. So terrific. Yeah. He was licking me. Yeah. So anyway, uh so so then he's doing this this the stew and he's like, Where did my sword go? And then it's like, I don't know where your sword went. And you realize that somehow, quickly realize someone else is in the room. Mm-hmm. Yep. Someone else is there, right? And uh the guy gets obviously the the, the drunken major gets killed mm-hmm. uh, because he gets added to this to the stew, uh, but the guy who killed him is not Robert Carlyle, but uh, the Ferris Bueller principal. Ferris right? Bueller principal, yes. Who was basically <laughs> the killed, <FBP. laughs> killed. Uh, uh, he was seemingly killed at uh, in uh, just outside the cave, but the guy. Fed him some flesh to revive him, yes. right? And yes. now he's like stronger than ever because he's eaten human flesh. Yep. So now it's pretty much like, okay, you've got two cannibals and one reluctant cannibal. <laughs> now that's a band name. Yeah, one reluctant <laughs> cannibal. Yeah, at, at the thing. And at which point, they, this is a great, this is such a funny thing. It's like, oh yeah, the reason we survived and we do all this stuff is because we've eaten human flesh, right? And the reason that we got better, it's like I had tuberculosis. I was going to die. Look at me. I'm stronger than ever. I'm the best, you know. And so does, the, you know, the first, and they sell us stuff. And it's like, are you guys going to kill me? And goes, no, we're not going to kill you. It's lonely being a cannibal. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. So good. So good. <laughs> and so basically what they do is they stab him with a fatal wound and then offer him a bowl of stew saying, you can either eat this and survive or just bleed out to death. <laughs> yep, your choice, pal. <laughs> yep. Which is amazing. So yep. he eats the bowl of stew and survives and then looks stronger than ever, like, you know, cleaned up and awesome looking, right? Uh, oh, lost Dan, but we'll get him back. You're back. Uh, and then it gets total Wolverine, uh, 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 Logan style it's, <laughs> craziness. It's absolutely Wolverine insane. And like, yeah. and there's so so much blood. There's just gallons a lot of blood. Gallons a lot of blood spilling everywhere. Oh my a lot God. of blood. Yeah, yeah. That's absolute perfect payoff. It's exactly. It's like what a like. It's not like. It doesn't just give you the blood up front. It makes you want the blood by the end. And then, yeah. man, oh, man, does she give it to you. <laughs> and there's obviously a classic horror film twist towards mm. the end, which, I, you know what? I'm not even going to talk about. Yeah, let's, let, let's leave it be. Let's yeah. leave it be. It's too good. Yeah. It's just too good. Yeah, like this is a, this is a very special film because I've been like, uh, the people that who have seen it love it. Like everyone who's seen it, like that's a, it's a, just a, it's just a classic picture, but I have met so few people who have even heard of it. Yeah, like, yeah. Even real horror film. I, I don't know why you'd think that this would be like a massive cult classic and uh, it's below the radar for almost everybody. Like yeah. I, 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 I know maybe a, a total of like six people who've That's seen this so movie. Nuts. Yeah, it's, it's a big bizarre. cast. 
Yeah, it's tremendous, and like I think that it's and it's and it's really it's if you could design a movie to be a cult classic, this is pretty much it. It's got it all, um, but uh, but somehow this this still hasn't really quite got the traction that uh, something like American Psycho has. It's really really wild. But I'm I'm I'm, ha- I'm very pleased you guys liked it. I'm very excited that you guys liked it. It's uh that's a big reference point for me. I love like I I showed that movie to my family and uh, we enjoyed the hell out of it. <laughs> There's a lot of gore in this. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's, it's silly with gore. It's absolutely silly with gore. But I actually think Lily would like this film. She would think. It's oh pretty sure, good. yeah. Brady. Maybe not yet. Maybe not yet. Yeah, he tends to be picky about certain things. Like Lily. I would say that yeah. Lily, like even just because it almost feels like an anime. Like in the way. Oh that yeah, 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 yeah. Like, but it's also shocking enough that she'd be like, "I love it because it's so shocking." You know, what shocking, I mean? man. It's it's absolutely fucking out there. Like you think yeah. it's not going to cross the line, it it crosses that line. Yeah, over and over again. You know, in just in just the right ways. It's like yeah, that's a that's a because uh, I mean like there are movies that are far more famous like Carpenter's Halloween and all that kind of stuff. But like I think Halloween's a really good movie. Right. You know, but it's not like. There's nothing particularly memorable in that movie for me. Like it's it's a really nicely shot good movie, but something like Ravenous, I'm like Ravenous should just be fucking famous. Like that should be a hollow, Halloween staple as far as I'm concerned. Why? Yeah. And, Why uh, What's your take on? Well, that? isn't it the thing I, that's like is like other people are scary? <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly, dude. Sure. Well, yeah. like when when I went to go see this movie, uh, the I remember it was really badly advertised. You know, like it. Like it was going to bomb. It was obviously going to bomb anyway. But when I went to go see it, I went to go see it with uh, Dave, three D guy actually from uh, from chat, and uh, we we walked into the theater. It was playing in the smallest shoebox uh, of the megaplex that we went to, and uh, and there was only one other person in the theater outside of us, and then in the first like twenty minutes, that person left. Like so, it it came out somehow at the wrong time. People were not ready for it. It was too. It wasn't what they thought it was going to be, and the advertising was terrible. Mm. Uh, but it never—it's never really gotten the uh, the following it should. And I, I, I hope that everyone who listens to this podcast—if you take anything away from uh, Martini Giant, let Ravenous be the thing. Citizen Kane, great, but Ravenous, yeah. <laughs> Ravenous will stay with you forever. It has a uh, listen, and the other <laughs> thing, right? It's 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 not dissimilar from the the ghost story thing. Actually, starting off, it feels. It it's feels shaky. a little heavy and shaky, etc. Right. The, uh, so... the opening credits are terrible. Yeah, yeah. and it's like, like the, eh. yeah, like oh. it's just. But bad. it's not until you get to the cave scene that you really yeah. start to go like, wait a minute, wait a minute, what's and happening? Him doing that thing with his hands, like, yeah. once the movie gets into your skin, it, yeah, it's there to stay. Like, wait, what, 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 yeah. what, 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 and then yeah, and that's a, that's probably around twenty minutes. Just, just, just be. You know, after that guy walked out of the theater, like you mentioned. Right, right. It's a, you have to hang with it a little bit, but it is definitely worth it. Definitely mm-hmm. worth it. That's, yeah, that's a pretty good Halloween trifecta. We got a wide range of, uh, of taste represented with these picks. Yeah. I think it's a pretty good draw. It's a pretty good draw. And we did this the whole time while Eric has been working the whole time, which is good ridiculous. For you, man. Like no, I'm, I've been contributing. What are you talking about? Yeah, I know you're contributing, but you're also working, aren't you? Yeah, I'm working actually for... Me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm a douche. <laughs> you're helping me out. Now, you're not working for me. You're helping me out. I appreciate that. I can't do that. I can't, I can't, I can't 
split no, my brain as I, much as you can. No, I'm just oh, we lost it. stuff and listening and talking. I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm not doing, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm just kind of, you know, nothing serious. I hear you. But Dan, you back? I'm back. I'm okay. Back. Yeah. All right. Tell me. You are contributing. You're absolutely contributing. You're doing an amazing job because I just, you know, I see the video of you and you're like, you know, you can clearly just working in Maya in the background. I can see it in the reflection of your glasses. I'm like, um, yeah, I can't. I can't do that. All right. I got to use the restroom real quick and I'll be right back. All right. All right. Keep but going. You guys continue. Well, I'm, do I'm doing this while Dan is still around. If Dan bugs out, Eric, you got to be, you got to fly solo. <laughs> we'll keep it live. Podcast. <laughs> Say hi to everybody. You're live. Hello. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Good to see you. Um, good night, sweetie. So I finished this week, uh, or this morning, I just did all five seasons of uh, The Wire. Oh, nice. What up? Great. What a good show. That's a good like, show. Yeah, yeah. It's so damn beautiful. It's Amsterdam. Yep. It's Amazing. like a perfect, I mean, for five seasons, dude, it's Perfect. Yeah, all yeah. I'm, I like. I know there's people. Some people don't like the fifth season. I love the fifth season. That's one of my favorite I, ones. It's is iffy compared to the strong first four. Mm. Everything up so beautifully that it's right. worth it. Yeah. No. I, I, yeah. I guess that's it. The the, fin the finish is flawless, and uh, and I, like I think that yeah. There's there's very little television that gets up in the neighborhood of the of great movies for me. Uh, but that's without without a doubt one of them. Like that's that's top top two or three of all time. Like, yeah, and it's it's amazing that he kept it. Uh, like it's so dense and so uh, so smart. Uh, it's amazing that it was popular. That it, that it, it got the following that it did. Just you know. but like just the language and trying to understand. I mean, it's so incredible. Yeah. I mean, like, because, yeah, well, they managed to make it like almost Shakespearean in its structure mm -hmm. uh, and how it covers like every sort of class level uh, there That's is right. in the city, you know, and it, it's a perfect, um, you know, uh, uh, sort of a, a cross section of the entire city top to bottom. Uh, but it's so, so well handled. You barely feel that that's the structure. Um, quit out. Did I just get back? Oh my god, Dan quit out just as I came back. Oh my god, what did you do? Did that did, did that happen? I don't what happened? Who? <laughs> I came back and I think I said, Did I come back before Dan quit out? And then you came and then you quit out and came back right as I said that. <laughs> I thought it was a good window. It's a good window. Yeah. Because I was worried that Eric was going to just keep on working and just. <laughs> no, Eric was talking. He had just finished uh, uh, binging the wire, and we, so mm. we were doing a little, a little bit on the wire. Okay. Which is, uh, which is well known to be great, but is always excellent to think about as a brilliant, oh brilliant bit of work. So what's his name? Uh, David, uh, the, the creator there, won the MacArthur Simon. Genius Grant for it. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. It's it's one of the most brilliant. Didn't he have? Wasn't he in the news about something recently? The creator. I don't know. Maybe something about. Yeah, oh, right. Film in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he basically, yeah no, right. no. He said HBO is no longer going to like uh, show. HBO Max is going to not do something in 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 Texas for the because of the abortion ban. 
Right. 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 Yeah, strong stance. He's a he's a passionate guy. Ah. You know, it's interesting. You know, I, I've been listening to a lot of news, obviously, and it's very hard to listen to. And I started to realize something very interesting. I bet you most Americans don't actually know what communism is. I have no idea at all. No idea <laughs> at all. They have no idea. No. Like, if yeah. they, no one can define what communism is. Because right. if they realized what communism is, they were like, oh, wait. Because they're saying California is a communist state. It's like, do you no. know what communism is? <laughs> yeah. We are, we, we have a slightly more. They, would, they wouldn't be, the yeah, the, because if there was communism, you couldn't actually have a company called Apple <laughs> that no, lived in California. It is anti-communist, yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's, well, it's actually, like, to, to be fair, like, uh, maybe they're, maybe they're just thinking the future because, like, the, uh, com communism either, like, collapses or it becomes a, an, an ultra capitalist uh, wonderland like China, yeah, like no. China is like China mm -hmm. is not you know it's as far from actual communism as you could possibly oh yeah yeah, want, yeah, yeah, yeah. right um, and so maybe you know it's yeah, just but like, there's always oh, a threat that everything's going to be taken away from you right yeah, that's yeah, exactly. that's the that's the the, the, the Chinese thing it's like yeah, oh like I, I agree with the implication a bunch of real estate um, somewhere else so right. that I can hide my money there right right like uh, communism is I mean I'm I'm an extremely left wing person but uh, uh, communism doesn't function like it's no it doesn't no. function at all uh like it, it's like it's a bunch Except of in venezuela but no it doesn't like yeah and even then it's like yeah it's just like like yeah like venezuela had had it's like oh well see communism works and then yeah well it works if you have a shitload of oil and even then it doesn't work <laughs> it collapses again right you know, yeah. or you have uh or you have cuba which no you know, no one will do business with or you have china which is not communist really in any way but in any way it's the most cap way, one of the most capitalist hyper countries yeah, yeah. yeah and so like they, like it doesn't doesn't work but like right. oh yeah what they what they are afraid of is um uh socialism and socialism as an idea, socialist democracy is what they live in. Like that's they, what they do. That's what they live in. <laughs> like that's right. that's it. We could be more socialist, but you already experience it. Like even if in that we have a military, I don't want it, socialism, but I do want my disability check. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we, we, we have disability, public schools, and the military. Yeah, these are socialist things. These are yes. all socialist things. You know, yes. and, uh, and the police force right. <laughs> that and you pay for force, your taxes. Exactly. Anything like this, you know, and I think that that's like all these words have, have just become, they have no idea. Meaningless. Yeah. These they are, have no idea. Things to say. Yeah. yeah. No, meaningless things to say. And, uh, and like they, they've, they've gone. It's so beyond. frustrating. Yeah. It's so frustrating. Yeah. You know, okay. Yeah. And, and I think, I feel like, you know, like I'm sure that I'm, you know, I'm as much of a moron and, many ways as you know uh, so i'm accusing folks of being but it's just like it's come to a point on many things where i'm just like guys we really gotta get the shit together <laughs> like like we have to like we have to try to i don't think we will that's, get out of the hole oh i don't you know? think so i think we're so far beyond that i was watching a videos of, of of people rebelling on airplanes right i'm like you i've so I just I just don't understand how that can happen. Like, well, it's a, like they're having an emotional struggle, right? Like so they clearly believe something terrifying is going on for them, and they're in this state. Like, how do you get people out of that state? But I want to know. Listen, there's 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 I 
this is going to be a horrible example, but I'm going to put it out there, right? I was watching a documentary that some guy did at Rice University many, many, many years ago. It was fascinating. And it was about the grand dragon of the Ku Klux Klan, right? <laughs> right? And, and when he was doing this thing about with that guy, and is like the horrible guy, right? A horrible guy, obviously, for, for good reason, right? But you started to listen to what he was saying. And he was like, I can see how someone Falls could for fall for that, right? Or could do that. Or somehow he's saying things that are like, oh, that's a dot that's connecting everything. And it's really disturbing in a lot of ways. And that's what, that somehow there was a little bit of like, I can see how you could get there. And honestly, it's a little frightening, but it also allows me to say, I can get there. But when I hear someone on the airplane saying you're a bunch of fucking communists and it's like, this guy is an idiot. I just, I can't find the empathy for that person or I can't find the, oh, I can see how that guy said that for that thing. I just don't see it, you know, or like the woman yelling about the vaxxers, they're like, you know, the homeless people aren't dying on the street. You know, that was like the classic thing because I'm a fucking vaccinated, you moron. <laughs> <laughs> I am vaccinated. Yeah, I think, um, but people are, and I think for me, it was when Jim Jones happened, I realized how yeah. quick and scary. Oh, you mean the, 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 the mass murder, the mass yeah, suicide. Jones, Jonestown, yeah, exactly. Jonestown. Yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's, a, there's a documentary, an audio documentary that was on NPR that I, I cautiously suggest people listen to it, which has all the, it's Jonestown tapes or something like this. And it really is one of the most horrifying things you'll ever hear in your life. Like these are, when you actually hear you go, people. I've listened to the rec entire, the audio because they recorded everything that night. Right, right. And so right. people come And people up, were like, like trying to get away from it. Saying, yeah, oh yeah, once they realize what's here. happening, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can hear guns yeah. in the back. Yeah. But that's the, that's the thing is like, I feel like the, you know, cause Jim Jones didn't start out with, Hey, let's all be crazy. Like that wasn't his pitch, you know, like he, he started out with, you know, like, let's be loving, you know, like the, the world, the people that we're, you know, the United States won't let us be the, be who we want to be and treat each other the way that we want, want to be treated. And, you know, we're a caring religious group that'll, and they like it sold sold all the good stuff, you know. And uh, once you're in that headspace, you can really shift people into, you know, doing stuff that they would never think of doing. And uh, it's really like hypnosis. And so I feel like the you know for like the anti you know like the the woman the vaccine woman or the you know like all this like where they have there there's something so comforting about the illusion that they have bought into that uh, they're terrified of whatever is behind it. They're terrified to have that taken away. Yeah. Uh, and uh, because like, you don't act that enraged unless you really think you're in danger. Yeah. Like, you know, and so they, like, these people are so seduced by this mindset that it's just, they lose their fucking minds, yeah. you know? And, uh, and so like, I can find empathy in, in that. I can't find sympathy. You know, but I can, I can say like, I just like, need to find a way to, to, to connect so that I can see how they got to where they are yeah, that's because the only that's the thing that's, right that's, that's, 
that's what's so hard. When I see someone acting as crazy as they are and saying, you're a bunch of fucking communists because you, I have to wear a mask on an airplane. It's like, I don't think you know what communism means. You keep oh, using yeah. that word. You know, I feel yeah, like the guy from... Means, yeah, exactly. I, you keep using that word. I don't think it means what, you, what think you think it means. It means. Exactly. <laughs> but that's, a, that's a, at that point, and like, I, I don't mean to, because I'm actually, I, I, I talk constantly against uh, otherizing and dehumanizing people. But like, at that right. point, like when someone's in that space, like yeah, you need to you need to sort of divorce yourself from thinking of them as a as 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 a sane person, like that you have to think of them like if yeah, like if someone were yeah they're like, driven to madness by something right. if like if yeah exactly if someone actually is, has gone off their meds and has lost their mind and is talking nonsense and might hurt themselves like you don't get angry at them for it like you just go okay we have a problem here and we have to contain the problem like. It's terrible that this person is going through this. We want to not hurt them or injure them while we get them under control. But like, there's no talking to them about what's happening. Like, the problem is is that they're not perceiving the world in any uh, normal way anymore. And uh, and anything we do to try to get in the mix with them over stuff is just silly. Like, why would you talk? To, why would you argue with a crazy person in the street? Like, you're not gonna wait. You're not gonna do that. And so when people get to that point, you just have to say, like, okay, like, let's just get them off the airplane and, you know, like, try not to hurt anybody and get them into a place where we can get them calm. But uh, that's the state that everyone, that people have gotten into. Like, they, they're, they're, it's a, it's a cult. I really believe it's a cult. You know. Yeah. Why? No. It's, it's very, it's very, I feel, I feel very bad for the people that, are seduced by this and are swept up in it because it's very hard to get people out of a cult. And at some point, like, we'll go, oh, well, fuck, it's, fuck, I fuck mean, it is life. a cult, right? QAnon right. is a cult. I yep. mean, it is all the tell sign, tell, tell signs of a yep. cult. Have you seen the documentary on it? Oh yeah. I, it upset me so badly. I had to stop watching it. I was it's like, a really, really hard to watch, yeah. honestly, because you're like, Oh shit, man, they got fucking seduced by this yep. thing. Yeah. It's wild. It's wild. You know, and it's entirely intentional. By the people, right. who, by the people who are doing it, like they know what they know what they're doing. They know that they are hurting people by selling the shit. Yeah, but they can do it because they're like, oh, look how it's almost like, look how easy it is to do this. Yep, yeah, it's really terrible. It's terrifying, uh, and it's incredibly effective. And uh, and and part of the and you know I I know I said all the time, but like part of the the difficulty with dealing with it is is that it makes you know us so emotional that we react to them in ways that reinforce the fantasy they're living in. Yeah. That's right. why I think it's just not, it's not getting better. Because I, don't, I don't think there's rational people can do at this stage. Well, you know, I think it's very, very interesting that uh, the whole Facebook thing happened at all at the same time this week, right? Because the Facebook, the, the whistleblower is basically saying, Social media is specifically favoring that behavior because it is more likely to keep people on Facebook and to basically sell more ads. Like, it's more profitable to tell people, yeah, your crazy idea, totally reinforce it, as opposed to telling, this is a crazy idea and you shouldn't do it, because that's going to get people to move away from Facebook and they're going to lose money. So their social media is actually really doing damage right now. Honestly, I, doing a I, lot of damage. I hate it. I haven't been on for years. And I, I know. And I kind of, 
I feel like I have to be on it, but I'm starting to really question whether I really need to be on it or not, right? Uh, but, uh, it, and there's a lot of people, and I'm, I'm, you know, like, I'm, I'm kind of like Dan, right? I'm a much more left-leaning person in a lot of ways. Uh, but there's a lot of lefties that are doing the same fucking damage yeah. to the left that they are, that the, that the people are, are no, no, the QAnon people are. Right. No, it, They're it, basically it. sitting there victimizing uh, other people and basically doing the same thing. They're like, yeah, you know, all of this reinforcement about how terrible Trump people are yeah. is not going to help. Yeah, like, like treating, like, like there's a, I, I think I've brought it before, like, one of my favorite writers is um, Umberto Eco, who wrote Name of the Rose and, uh, and Foucault's Pendulum mm -hmm. and stuff like this. And one of the main things that he deals, one of the main themes he deals with in both of those books is the idea of um, the, uh, like, inquisitors make, like, inquisitors and, um, and uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, when, uh, when someone is... Uh, against the church radically against the church they are an apostate right like the like someone who's like you know someone who's like you know go like i i want to worship the devil now fine you know right right, right? but in, uh, inquisitors and apostates um have a relationship that drives each other to madness you know and that the more uh, the more crazy someone act, acts, the more crazy the people are who are trying to, who are afraid of those people, act themselves, which drives the people crazy, you know. And it's this complete catch twenty two. And this is what Facebook operates on. They're like, okay, so you guys hate Trump and Trump supporters, so we're gonna make sure that the stuff that you see from Trump supporters is the craziest fucking stuff you've ever heard. So. When you think of Trump supporter, you get so crazy mad yourself right. that you start saying things, and we start showing those things to the Trump supporters, and they because think that'll keep you engaged. Yes, and yes. we can sell you more ads. Yes, and that's the only thing yeah. that's happening is you're suckers. being, yeah, We're all suckers. We are we are living in a completely illusory world, and I I actually see it myself uh, in myself right. Just like ravenous, I'm going to put this in here, mm, right? Nice, wrap it up there. Right, just like ravenous. Suddenly, I'm like, someone says something against a Trump thing that that I would agree with in mm. some ways, but then I look at him like, yeah, and I'm like, wait a minute, I just, I just did it. I yeah, just got, I got, I, I clicked on the the I'm little bit of flesh, right. little bit of flesh that yes. made me feel angry, yep. and it made me feel empowered about like why i'm angry at certain things like this is not right right this and is then, not right yeah and like and because the anger is what's driving the money making like that's of course is, right yeah. and so like the the more you it used to be it, cat memes for god fucking yeah, exactly. sake and so like and now when i talk to people uh. about this stuff they get very like people who i am more left than get very angry at me for talking this way because they're just like, no, you're creating a slippery slope when suddenly we're agreeing to, you know, like, uh, like now we're going to start agreeing to racism. And I'm like, I'm not fucking talking about anything like that. Like, I'm not agreeing to shit. I'm just saying. No. Let's... And that's the same. And it's the same thing, right? Because the, 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 the right is doing the same thing is like absolutely no compromises. Right. Absolutely no compromises. Right. Right. And that's not. Like I'm not talking. I'm not about, trying to say a compromise. I'm just saying conversation for fuck's yeah, sake. Like, I'm not like I'm not I'm not compromising on like maybe a little bit of racism is okay. Like that's not a stance I'm going to take ever. 
right? But what I can do is say, like... Listen, uh, stereotypes are only 90% true. <laughs> like, certainly about <laughs> Irish people like myself. The, um, the, but, like, when you... Uh, uh, when you refuse to even listen to someone, what someone is saying, then you start to, you start to fail to see them as a human being. And once you right. start to fail to see them as a human being, then you're, you're going to start treating you know, the kid, you're, you're going to start treating them inhumanly. And right. so, like, by listening to someone's anger, however fucking crazy it may be, by just listening to what they are saying, you will be able to start to identify what their actual problems are as opposed to who they are encouraged to blame things on. Like, racism is encouraged by Donald Trump because it distracts the poor white voters from their real problems who are caused by people like Donald Trump. Yes. Don't That's blame true. me. Blame yeah. the black guy down the street. Exactly. Like that doesn't mean that this Or the Mexican more specifically. Yeah, exactly. Or the Mexican guy. Like the like that doesn't mean that this white rural voter isn't in pain and this family isn't suffering because Absolutely. They are actually suffering real pain and like economic pain. They can't Well, get that's the, the irony, right? That's like, the irony. That I mean I I I Oh my God! What is it? Uh, it's it's a it's a whole book about the Southern strategy, mm -hmm. uh, democracy in chains. Highly recommend it. Have you have you read this book, Dan? Oh, you well, know, he's gone. So maybe he hasn't read it. Maybe he has read it. Uh, have you read it, Dan, Eric? No, democracy in chains. It's it's really really good. Uh, basically, it's about the Southern strategy that happened in the sixties. Uh, and uh, have you read the book, Dan? Uh, no, but you've talked about it before, and many people have recommended this to me. Yes, I right. Get that, and I highly recommend it. So, so the here's the thing: right? the yeah. Southern strategy is is very interesting, and a lot of people, especially especially on the right, don't realize that they've been manipulated into this situation. Right. So, what happened in the '60s is pretty much that they realized that there's a huge part of the population from the set in the South that was very conservative, always has been very conservative, due to religion, right? that were voting very much uh, on the de Democratic side. So the South was very Democratic and very conservative in the 60s. Mm -hmm. And the, the Republicans were saying, we need to get that vote, but we're not going to get that vote because uh, we are too much. We, we basically don't want to interfere with anyone's lives. And these people are very upset and very religious. Mm -hmm. So the only way we're going to get convince these people to vote for us is if we pretend that we actually care about certain social issues that these guys have problems with, such as abortion and gun control. <laughs> right. Right. So abortion was the big one. Right. Because they like. Technically speaking, the conservatives at that time said government should never get involved with anything of this nature because we are conservatives right. and we don't want government to interfere with anything in our personal yes. lives. Like but we're, we're going to say, you know, we actually care about abortion because of this. And therefore, we are going to get a whole lot of very religious people to right. vote for us. Right. So it's a complete fucking lie. And it was a way to con. It was a way to con people in the South to actually vote for yes. them yes and but it has and, nothing and, to and, do with their agenda and, so, and, and you have people uh, wholesale voting against their own interests like 100 mm -hmm. yeah. percent 
100 percent. so especially especially you know i, I don't, don't want to use the term but it, 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 you know basically the white trash of america is voting against their own interests yeah, the reason why they are fucked is because they are voting to fuck themselves over they're and voting over to fuck themselves again. ever over and over and right. over again and they keep saying blame obama yeah, exactly. Like, and like, it's, no, so, yeah, no. People, it's people like their own government say, that's like, doing it. You know yeah. what it is? It's the Mexicans that are coming over the wall. That's the problem. Oh, right. Yeah, They're bringing the, the COVID. The Mexicans yeah, are bringing right. the COVID. <laughs> like, no, it's not your Thanksgiving dinner where you right. all fucking had COVID. It's right. the Mexicans. And and like the, yeah, exactly. True. And so like <laughs> the like the 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 problem that what is being preached ultimately is a fantasy of no responsibility. Right. Like, yeah. You like you want to like the thing is like. If you're in a coal mining town and coal is going out of business, then you should be able to tell people in a coal mining town, listen, there's not going to be any more work for you. Right. right? Like we have to try to find a new There's way. new works. There's, there's, there's new, new work. So, you know, but if you're in a, bu uh, in, in a buggy whip factory town, you have right. to make something different. Exactly. And, and some, if you had responsible politicians, they would go to a coal mining town and say, this is what's, listen, the world is changing. We want to help you change with it so your families aren't hurt, right? Right. Instead, Trump goes to the coal mining town and says, don't you worry, we're going to be burning coal forever, right? And then right. they vote for him. Because it's an like, easier thing to vote for. Right, exactly. And then they, and then it's just like, oh, well, he'll take care of it somehow. Well, no, he's not going to do that. He has nothing, he doesn't give a shit. Like, the moment he stepped back nope. in his limousine, he totally forgot about you. You know, yeah. and uh, and like it's you know example 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 after you know over and over with this stuff, but it it is the romance of saying this is not you have no control over this, we will protect you from the evil liberals and leftists who are trying to come and take away all the your communists shit. the communists right and because like and the reason why it's effective is because these people have so little shit to begin with, like yeah. they don't want to lose more they feel like they've been fucked already and they have been. And then you, the Trump comes along and says, "You know who is at fault? These other people, and I will protect you from them." And then he, then he continues to fuck them. You know, like this is like that's how they're getting roped. But it's going on for so long, and the and the lore and the sort of like the 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 incredibly intricate bullshit of belief surrounding this now, and all the dog whistle words and everything like this, it's now become almost impenetrable. Like mm. there's no like middle, there's no like talk about abortion that. Uh, leads to a reasonable discussion. No, you know, like when I say that being pro, uh, like uh, 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 being pro-choice, is a concern should be a conservative point of view. Like yes, like like that's a classic. That's the southern strategy, right? Like yeah, like it's 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 bizarre to me that that uh, that conservatives don't see this. When it's just right, like you're talking and the about irony, the irony, of course, when you have Ted Cruz talking about vaccines, like my body, my choice, is like, yeah. fuck you, fucking douchebag, you idiot. Do you realize that? Yeah. Oh my god, sorry. That's a very good point, though. Yeah, my body, my choice with vaccines, as long as I'm a white male. <laughs> As long as I'm one of the guys from the you know the 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 uh, the Chatham Society or whatever <laughs> that was right. Chowder Society. Chowder as long society. as I'm exactly. from the Chowder Society, no my body, my choice. My body, my choice. My, my old white body. I'm my trying choice. to tie this back into the podcast. Yeah, I get you, man. I get you. But no, I'm I'm with you, dude. I'm like I I try to find the the empathic way in, and it's getting harder and harder. Cannibals, yeah, we are cannibals. Yeah. I think they, that's exactly right. And I'm, and I'm sure there's a bad way. Milo. 
there's a bad Milo way to connect this as well, but it's, nah. just, it's just shit. Yeah, well, it is <laughs> it's just the fucking stress that I'm dealing with this situation. Exactly. Dude. And how, exactly. you know, I've got, I basically have this, you know, ass monster that's going to be going out there and killing all kinds of people that that's, I'm concerned I think we are, about. I think we all have bad Milos right now. Yeah. I think yeah. we are. They, Facebook makes, makes money off of bad Milos. <laughs> that's what's happening. Yep. That is the end of it. Yeah, that was uh, it's, uh, okay. That was pretty good. We tied all those movies together with uh, some political views on the current situation. Can I just ask, when Facebook went down, was that on purpose, and what did they hide? That is my one question. Interesting. <laughs> <Just like, laughs> because it happened on the day, right? like on the fucking day when the, this massive realization, like massive uh, papers get released, all the shit, and they're like, Poosh, everything goes down. The papers like, are for what? What? Oh, you didn't know about this? The New York Times published this. The New York Times published papers. There's a whistleblower from Facebook who basically said, here's what. Oh, that's right. It was on the same. I saw that. Same fucking day. Yeah. Yeah. Eric, you've been been too busy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like. Looking for a friend of mine. He's got this thing. And it's the the most suspicious thing I've ever seen. Is he a good friend of yours? Is he a nice person? He's a really nice dude. He's not. Yeah, that's not. I don't think it's that, <laughs> but let's just say he's a person. Yeah, okay. he's just kidding. No. I'm just going to say this. Like, listen, I have a project that I'm working on, and I'm very excited about it, and it's very ambitious, and it's very thing. and I want a, bit, a small team of people, and I only hire the best and the most trusted people I know. What to a work kiss on. ass. You should have been in the mob. <laughs> That's a politician's thing there. Exactly. Only the best. Right. Only right. the best. Look, I grew up with. My you know where the best is? is the they're not in China. In the they're right. They're they're in fucking Orlando, Florida. That's where they are. That's, That's where right. the best of the best is. That's right. That's <laughs> what right. A fucking douche. Um, yeah, he's. You are my brother. God, that's the way my brother used to con me. As a kid. You know, when you said you were my brother, normally that would be considered a, a, a compliment. But in your situation, it was not necessarily a compliment. Yeah. You know, you're my brother, man. You're my brother. And by that, I mean you're an asshole. <laughs> you're the one who throws me under the bus. That's who right. tells the cops That's to right. take the blame. That's right. That's right. Oh man! But yeah, no, that was the uh, that was the thing that got released. The, Facebook has done study after study in order to make more money on how to control people's opinions and make them fight. Uh, That's so that pathetic that things. they did that on the day. And then the fucking the next, the very next day, the same Facebook, day, same, same day, day, Facebook, Instagram, everything they control, it just yeah. mysteriously goes out. <laughs> it like, well, it's really interesting is that they own man. WhatsApp too, right? WhatsApp, yeah. yeah. And and it, what was interesting is that there's a lot of people who use WhatsApp as a main source of communication mm-hmm. with international people, right? Sure. Because WhatsApp right. is is like your oh, you know, it doesn't matter what phone or whatever you use, you can just use WhatsApp and you can video chat and chat and chat and chat, you know, everything, right? That's and right. there are a lot of people who said who have small businesses who deal with a lot of international business or people around the world. And their entire businesses were wiped out, like for a day, like yep. no communication at all. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And that's how much control Facebook has. Of they, course, they were down for they were down for one day and lost seven billion dollars. That's how much they make a day. <laughs> like, are you this, serious? This is yeah. big, big money, big money. It's controlling your mind is giant money. That's what's happening. One hundred percent. They own you. 
Everything yeah, that has happened for the past sad, man. six years is this. Mm-hmm. Of course, we, yeah. you know, uh, uh, forget. Also, I'd just like to remind people if they would like to follow us, go to facebook.com slash martini. <laughs> martini giant, exactly. What a fucking Make sure to get into lots of fights. You are people. such a con, man. Look at that. <laughs> For more news on how Facebook is trying to control you, go to facebook.com slash martini. <laughs> It's totally true. That... Okay, well, in that case, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start closing this up by saying I want to recommend a couple of things before uh, we close out that both oh. fit in. That, uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I want to throw it in there. First of all, uh, the Criterion Channel's true crime list. Uh, definitely fucking check this list out. It's yep. absolutely awesome. It is good. And oh, they also man. have the Universal Horror. The Universal Horror, I was going to say. They, they have, uh, absolutely, For Halloween right now, they, right? And specifically, watch the Spanish version of Dracula, which is a better version of Dracula uh, than the Bela Lugosi one. Uh, and it's made on the same stages at the same time. Uh, so, like, you get to, if you watch uh, the Bela Lugosi Dracula and you watch the Spanish version, um, you'll get a better movie and a better use of the same material. It's that's really pretty wild. Uh, the other thing I want to say is that uh, I am a big fan of people catching on Netflix uh, for horror. I saw uh, just binged through all of uh, 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 Black Mass, and I thought it was absolutely terrific. And uh, I'm, I want to throw those things out there as part of the the horror. Black Mass. Black Mass, yeah, is terrific. Uh, uh, very. Like slow, uh, dialogue intensive, but uh, it really pays off in the end. It's great, great stuff. It's kind of like this podcast. It yes. pays off in the end. That's right. Yes. Yeah. That's and right. I would like to say uh, uh, one uh, one last thing also. Or midnight mass. That... I'm sorry, midnight mass. Not black midnight mass. mass. Yes, midnight yes, yes. Midnight mass. Yes, that's yes. what it's like. I, was like I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway. Um, uh, if if this podcast comes out, and I'm saying if, I would like some thanks for the painstaking cobbling that I have to do to <laughs> put together, I believe, 25 or 30 different Dan things and oh, find so to sorry. sync this all up because <laughs> so it's going to be a labor of love to make this podcast come together if That's i actually am able to do guys. it <laughs> if this comes out because it may never actually see the light of day if it becomes impossible and i gotta apologize. say i gotta say tonight was a and i'm going to say something that's contrary i'm going to say something you're not going to like chris Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I felt more natural tonight, and we weren't on Twitch. Oh, you think so? I don't know. It was just back and forth. Dan wasn't so great. wasn't as form. You know, uh, basically just hitting Wikipedia. You think you're nervous when you're on Twitch? I don't have hair and makeup, and I've asked for that budget, and I haven't gotten it. I don't know. Maybe I'm so tired because uh, I'm helping a friend out on oh, the show. Oh, we're doing uh, this at night. Yeah, because you're helping this uh, this really awesome, handsome guy. I think, yeah, I think... Um, <gasps> oh, I have a story, though. Go ahead, keep going. I'm gonna, beginning, I middle, and end, or just a short story? No, no, Go. no, no. I want you to finish your story. Go ahead. I forgot. I'm that tired. Um, but no, I just felt I was really kind of on tonight a little bit. I was like, oh, I wonder if it's because it's a weeknight. Maybe we should do weeknights like this sometimes and just riff. Well, it's also late, right? So it's also But that's great. Late. I'm Lucy Frank, Snort Adderall. Right. I mean, this is great. Okay. We lost Dan, though. No, he's back. He's back. He's back. 
Good. Okay, you're back. Okay, I have a story to tell you. I'm going to end. Uh, is it a, if it's okay? I'm going to end the podcast. I finally caught my mako shark. Yes, yes. Let's hear it. When? I want to hear this. On on Saturday. It's past Saturday. Very excited. Eighty Did pound mako shark. No, I haven't. I'm so excited for you. So I caught the mako shark that I wanted to catch, and I can tell you the whole thing because it's it's quite exciting. It's quite amazing how this thing happened. So. Um, we start, we started off in the morning, got off on, on, on the boat and, uh, the, a three uh, hour uh, tour. That's all it was supposed well, to be. Well, no, it's, it's like an eight hour tour, but basically we, we go about like five, six miles off coast, uh, right to the edge of the thing. I think I mentioned this before where you basically start your drift with uh, a chum slick that you, you, you let out. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Um, and, uh, I put it out, uh, uh, out there. Uh, actually, you know what, since, oh, I don't have a picture, but I can, all right. Anyway, I will, I will, I will do this another time. I'll send you a picture of my Mako that I caught. Uh, but, um, uh, a lot of, a lot, a lot more activity was happening on the water. And what was, what was going on was, uh, we have this chum slick going out and we have, uh, these birds, these seagulls that were sort of waiting on the edge of the chum slick, waiting for stuff to happen. And uh, Conway, who's the guide who was helping us through this process, who's one of the guys who were sort of put this style of fishing on the map, said, oh, this is really good. This is looking super sharky, right? Super sharky. And uh, we start seeing these, what what are called blue sharks. And these blue sharks are probably 18 inches, little guys, right? But they're coming up to the to, to the bucket with a chum, and they're just sort of basically Describe nibbling a little, off. like a foot, eighteen inches. Okay. Okay, uh, and they're starting to nibble on these little things that are in there, and they look honestly, they kind of look cute, right? They're like, oh, look, I'm just sort of nibbling on these little little things that are going on here. And at one point, he goes, "This," the guy says, "This is really good because if you see these birds suddenly go up in the air." <laughs> Shit's gone down, right? Yeah, like something big, something big showed up, right? right? Because makos are fast, very fast, and very sneaky, and they will eat birds off the top of the water if they have the opportunity. That's right? crazy, right? Because they're very fast, right? Yeah, they and they're very shit. sneaky. They're just like more food in my mouth, please. Yeah, so they're the they're the fastest uh, of sharks in the ocean. They'll they'll go thirty forty miles an hour in the water, super quick. Um, anyway. So we sat there and you just, it's, 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 you know, listen, it's not dissimilar from Jaws. You sit there and you have this long thing, you're putting a chum, you're putting in the oil, the, the fish oil, all that scent that you're just letting go. And we, we, we actually put out about an eight mile slick, just so you guys know, right? That's a big chum And slick. that's, that, that's slick. And this is just us drifting with the wind, right? And what that chum slick does is it basically, uh, uh, if a shark intersects that line, it'll swim towards where the scent is, towards the boat. And so nothing was happening, nothing was happening for a long time. And I'm sitting there and I'm telling a story just like I'm telling this story right now. I forgot what I was talking about. And then I look down and I see something big (laughs) at the boat, right? And I, my, in my head, I'm like, wait a minute, that's much bigger than a, 
than a blue shark that I've been seeing because I've seen these little blue sharks. They look like little, little, you know, like, you know, this, sorry, like this big, right? Mm. Like not that big. And it's, it's like, that's much bigger than a, than a blue shark. Much bigger because it's like five, five and a half feet approximately, right? <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. It's not blue. It's black and much more stealthy. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's moving fucking fast. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was like, and, I, and, I, and, and this is all in my head in like a few seconds. And I'm like, shark. Right? Shark. And then Con was like, it's here. It's here. It's here. It's here. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And he's like, grab it. Grab the rod. Because the rod's been sitting on the side and it's got a fly on it. Right? And so it's like, which one do I grab? And I was like, he's like, grab the 12 weight. I was like, okay. So I grab that 12 weight and I start casting it. And so what he does is to get the, the shark is like, it, it, the lights are on, right? I'm going to eat. Like uh, I'm here uh-huh. to eat something. So he, he has a, a, a regular rod with a, a mackerel on it that's dead, right? Uh-huh. And it's got uh, yellow, uh, some plastic, uh, orange sort of little feather stuff on it. And he's throwing it out there like a, like a, like a cat toy. Think mm-hmm. of it like a cat toy. And the shark is like, yeah. But that tries to get to it, and he's basically it's you know it's literally a bait and switch is what right. we're doing right, right. Uh, and so he's basically doing that, and so he does that, and I cast a yellow fly out towards the 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 shark, and the shark has nothing to do with it. Like fuck that yellow fly, that's not what I want. That's not what I want. And it's like it's like this is not working. He goes, all right, put it back in. We're gonna make you cast something different. So he gives me another rod with a fly that is pink and he goes this this is going this this will turn the lights on and but it's much harder to cast because of the wind is in my face at this point i have to cast this fly out there and it's like i'm not not joking it's like this big it's like you know six you know five six inches apart like it's a big fly and casting that into the wind is is hard because the thing about fly fishing is there's no weight to it that's what's hard about it. It's, it's just a matter of casting. So I'm trying to do that, and I kind of get it in the ballpark, and I get it to the shark, and the, immediately the shark turns towards it and tries to bite it, and I yank it, and it pulls out of the, out of the shark's mouth. And I'm like, fuck, and he goes, he'll be back. Don't worry, he'll be back. I was like, okay. So I do that again, and I cast out to the shark again. He goes for it again, mm-hmm. <laughs> at which point he goes, you can't set the hook hard enough. <laughs> set it hard. So I have to set it with my hand. I can't set it with the rod. Setting it with the rod is not strong. You have to sort of hand set it with the line. Just oh, pull on the line. Right. And I do that, and I set it, and the fish starts to move, or the shark starts to move, and then I do it again, and the whole thing full, falls apart, and the, the, the line breaks. I'm like, fuck. And he goes, he may come back again. Uh, hands me a third rod with now a red fly on it uh, and goes, try that. And I said, okay. So I try that and he goes for it and he goes, set it hard. And you have to, and I just, just, I I can't tell you how hard I was pulling on this fish uh, to the point where I'm almost lifting the fish out of the water, like really hard. (laughs) And his mouth is starting to go, "Uh -uh." at which point I think the shark's like, wait a minute. 
on. This isn't wrong. This is the, uh, no, this is this is BS because you know the shark is aggressive. It's an apex predator, right? Sure. He right. doesn't even care. He does he ne- doesn't understand the concept of something threatening. Right. Because that is how apex of a predator it is. And he's like, this isn't this something's wrong. It's like it's like fuck this and I'm I'm gone, <laughs> right? And it takes off and the spool is just going just takes off, right? At which point I'm like, he goes, just hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And then the shark just goes probably about 50, 60 yards out. Maybe, no, maybe about 100 yards out. And then just jumps out of the water about 15 feet. Just this Whoa. huge breach. Yeah. Insane. Huge breach, right? Boom. Jumps, jumps out of the water. And uh, by the way, I'm with uh, two guys. I want to acknowledge them because sometimes they, uh, they listen to this podcast. And it's Alex and Andy. And they were awesome. They were with me the whole time. And what I feel bad about, we only caught one shark that trip, and I was the guy who caught it, and I feel bad. I really wish that they had an opportunity at a shark as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But anyway, but that's, that's just me feeling horrible about, about that situation. But they filmed a lot of it, so uh, I really appreciate that as well. But anyway, reach out of the water. And then as I'm doing this thing and I'm starting my battle with the, with the shark and I'm starting to reel it in, the whole reel comes off, disassembles. It broke the reel. Oh, Jesus Christ. And I, so now I'm trying to reassemble this reel, and we're at a situation where if I reel in, it's okay. But if the fish starts running again, the whole thing falls apart. Right, right. And I'm in a bad, I'm in a bad this situation. Is this is it. So now it's like, it's mano a mano, as we say, right? Just really slowly trying to be very methodical about this whole process. And after a while, I bring the fish back to the boat, and it's a long process. At which point, uh, Conway, the guide, can grab the leader and starts to have this fish by the boat. So now it's the first time I actually can see the fish really close up. And I was able to get down and look at the fish, look into shark's eyes which is one of the most surreal moments i have ever had honestly speaking Mm. a shark's eye is deep deep black yeah yeah Yeah. it's a little marble it's and it's and it's a very strange strange thing and then he told me to touch the shark And I pet this man-eater shark. Uh, and a mako is... Why did he tell uh, you to do that? It's cool. Because it's possible. Beautiful. <laughs> he, said he, he told me it was safe to do it, and I right. believed him. Uh, and uh, Have you touched a shark before, Eric? Uh, no, just a shark skin jacket. But... Right. So shark skin, most people think of shark skin as being very rough. It's got a roughness to it. Right. So so because most sharks are actually slow moving animals in in, in the ocean, right, including great whites and leopard sharks, etc. I've touched a bunch of leopard sharks in the past uh, and it's got a roughness to it. A mako shark is the slickest thing I've ever touched. And the reason being is because they're made for speed. (laughs) Right. Right. And so it's like it's wet deer skin. (laughs) More. Right. When you it get is, it wet, it's soft and slippery. And right. Matt, yes, uh, it is very, very slick. It is super slick. 
and it was beautiful, honestly. And and its teeth were gnarly and scary, but uh, but it was amazing. So uh, and then he we we he took the the hook out and uh, the fish went away, and it was uh, it was incredible. That's so it was, and he he said, you know, the weight is based on his estimate of experience, and that was about eighty pounds, but. Uh, uh, is what he said it was, but uh, I it was an experience that I've been waiting for all all year, as you guys know. Right. Yeah. And uh, and uh, yeah, it, it was incredible. That was the, yeah. the third time, right? It was third times uh, the trip. Yeah, first time we never saw a shark, and he gave us another trip, saying, "I will give you guys another trip for free," which is incredible that he did that. Um, um, obviously, that's not a, a, a normal thing. You don't. Just because you go on a trip with a guy, don't expect to see a shark every time. Right, sure. Right. Um, and uh, but he did do that for us, which was incredible. And then the That's second really time we tried to go, but he got exposed to COVID, so we had to cancel that trip. Right. So this was our third attempt. Every part about this was like a movie. Yeah. 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 It's like it, like it, it built like a movie. Even the other trips that you, you know, didn't get to go on built like a movie. <laughs> it's yeah. all part of the story, and uh, it's it's wildly exciting to. To finally have, uh, and again, I'll send you the picture of the of the shark in in our Slack because I haven't I haven't done it. But and it's not it's it's not necessarily going to look super impressive. But I gotta tell you, this this animal was uh, I made a I made when I looked into its dark black eyes like a doll's eye, you know, like 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 it was it was it was a it was a thing that it, you don't get to experience, uh, you know. The and I, I had the opportunity to. <laughs> Look of Mako shark in the eye. It's, it's, it's different. That's amazing. I, just can't, I can't tell you like how how important that was, it's and 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 it wasn't. Moment. Yeah, and and especially when you do it on a fly rod, the way we did it yes. is, I saw, I, I showed the. I I saw the take, right? That's the thing. It's not like I just put a chunk of bait out there and suddenly like, oh my God, I got it something. Like, no, I we brought that thing to the boat, presented it with something, engaged with it, got it into this battle, it's, which you can be as controversial about it as you want. I basically fooled it, right? Uh, fooled an apex predator into doing something that it, that it was outside of its nature. Uh, but then I, I got to connect with it, talk to like, see it and let it go right. um and 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 i can yeah i, I didn't i don't i didn't i don't believe i hurt the shark i really don't believe I oh hurt i the mean shark. i'm sure that the fish has suffered much worse injuries you know like in the course of right. its life than uh, like a hook you know but that's it is uh because i mean it gets in the fights with other sharks just trying to eat things mm -hmm. <laughs> you know like that's its daily life uh but this it is it is definitely a, a powerful thing emotionally to do something like that uh, yeah, and it's a uh, it's not just a a sort of a, a physical challenge, but it's a, a mental and emotional. It was an emotional. Well. Yeah. It was an yeah. emotional, like you know, the whole thing probably was over fifteen minutes, the mm -hmm. whole battle. But it was, and, and of course, now the struggle with trying to deal with a with a broken reel. Yep. But I, I, the first thing we did after we got back is like we're doing this every summer, <laughs> like every no, we're going to do this beautiful. again. I'm, yeah. I'm really, I love. Uh, I mean, I grew up on Cape Cod, so I'm, I'm, you know, I. I have a lot of that, uh, had a lot of that stuff, kind of stuff happening around me just as part of people's workaday life. Um, but because it's workaday, you know, like dealing with stuff like that, it's just sort of like, that's a, that's a job. And they would talk about stuff like this and be like, but that's fucking incredible. Like in taking the moment even to 
sample that and to see the beauty and the wildness of it puts you in touch with nature in a way that people who are even constantly in touch with nature don't actually get to see because yeah. it's so different from your everyday life it's to suddenly commit to a fight like that uh makes everything i'm sure very very vivid uh in a way that's uh that most people don't get to see in their lives yeah yeah i mm know -hmm. it's definitely an experience you know you know definitely an experience and those 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 are incredible yeah. uh and and deserve a lot of respect honestly that's awesome so. yeah that's really great congratulations thank you thank you yeah. and thank you andy and alex uh, hopefully they'll they'll uh they'll do this because i i'd really appreciate the fact that uh they were on this journey with me and that uh hopefully next time we do this uh definitely making sure that they have the rod on the next one yeah, <laughs> I, feel right I feel bad about like did, like no that, that was my show but i have to say i spotted the shark before anyone so right, i feel man. a little it's bit like good. i own yeah. that you know what yeah. i mean like it's, like that's my shark. It, it had to be someone's shark that day and i'm glad there was you had to be someone's like, shark yeah, that day that's right. yeah that's right yeah. that's fucking fantastic and may i say a very well-told tale yeah that it was a good delivered. one that was a good one. that was a really good one all right all right, let's let's wrap this up, and I'll uh, and hopefully when this is over and I hit the stop button, I'm going to quickly assess how easy I'm going to be able to salvage this podcast. But uh, uh, are you guys ready to do this? Let's do it. All right, drink, talk, drink. <laughs>